What's up, everybody? Welcome to the final episode of PSI Love You XOXO. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Rocket League Vice President podcast beyond co-founder yeah wow. jeremy dunham thank you a run thunderous applause yeah. from kevin <laughs> i'm sure the first question is when did colin get so pale and fat what happened oh man well, not, i haven't seen colin, colin on colin. the show in a long time and here he is <laughs> so, Does he um, let himself go yeah. how you doing sir uh i'm really well thank you i really appreciate you inviting me on the show and uh to close it out it means yeah. a lot uh and uh I really appreciate just the the relationship we've had and uh, that Colin and I have had and that we've all had together sure. over the last few years. So yeah, thanks yeah. for having me on the last. No, episode. thank really you. Yeah, that was the whole thing. If you missed the update video or this is just dropping in your MP3 feed, sorry about that. Uh, Colin, as you know, left kind of funny. When he did, there was this thing of well, what do I do with PS? I love you mm-hmm. and. For me, you know, I, I told the kids the day of that I needed to take some time. I needed to think about it. I wanted to hear their thoughts and opinions. And I was surprised how many people said, no, keep it going, keep it going. And the, the theme that kept coming up with it was it's not, it, it's not just a show built around you and Colin. It is the, it is the spiritual successor to Beyond because we just ripped off Podcast mm-hmm. Beyond. And so <laughs> when I got that framing around it and then when I thought about what I want to do next in terms of video game podcasting and stuff like that, it made sense for me, I felt, to reach out to you, to have you come in, to do one final show, so we put a pin in this, so Peace mm-hmm. I Love You just doesn't abruptly end on everybody's feeds and nobody knows why, because I got I was surprised how many people didn't know Colin had left and didn't know all this stuff <laughs> had happened, that they'd hit me up on Twitter. And then also the fact that this is the end of an era in terms of how we've done this PlayStation podcast forever, because I remember way back in the day when you, you know, you were... You Ten were ta- years ago. You were taking... Oh, don't remind me. Yeah. But when you, you know, you were like, I, you know, GameScoop's doing really well, and we're... We, this is right after you... Because it's weird. You led the PlayStation team. You hired me, gave me my start, did all these yep. awesome things for me, and then you ascended to be like EIC, or what, what was it called at the yeah, time? Yeah, it was uh, editorial man- Games Editorial Manager, but it was Editor-in-Chief. We yeah. just didn't call it Editor-in-Chief because yeah. site heads were called editors-in-chief right and so you did that and you're like i think every every site channel should have a podcast now and i remember thinking what a dumb idea yeah and hillary hillary was with you he's like whatever dude this sucks yeah but it was funny that you know we did it we launched podcast beyond it was you me roper and jeff and clements joined shortly thereafter and when we did it the one thing you instilled in me that i instilled in colin that we instilled in this company was no no we're doing this show every week we're doing this show, rain or shine, sick or dead. There's going to be a show that fucking week for Podcast Beyond. And it's the reason the show was so successful. It's the reason our show has been so successful. It's the reason Beyond stuck around, why it eventually passed GameScoop a number of episodes. Because mm-hmm. there, you had made it that way. And so when you left and Roper took over and then Roper left and I took over, like it was something we kept going. When we started kind of funny, it was that thing. And it's funny to think back now of all the different things you taught me that have led me to this point now you know what i mean not just the podcast stuff wow yeah well thank you i mean i i appreciate that i actually think it's uh i mean that's very nice of you to say but honestly as, as someone who listens to the episodes i've listened to every single episode of the sure. show it was my way i was i was talking to uh, kevin about it earlier actually it was my way of just kind of being close to you guys yeah. since i was far away and i don't get to talk to you that much because you're busy i'm busy um, but I think the real reason the show was successful was because of the relationship you guys had on camera and off camera and the fact that they were able to experience a normal conversation with yeah. you guys week in and week out. And while I'm glad to know that I did have uh, some, kind of, <laughs> some kind of positive influence on you and, and, and Colin, and um, I think really the key to the fact that it lasted so long and it had such a strong audience is because of you guys. And yeah. uh, I... I, I and I would say you guys completely. And and 
So uh, I just want to you know, give you your due and call on his due, and I appreciate uh, the fact that you guys put the show on for so long and, and did such a great job with it. I was a fan, and I, I mean, I know you guys, and I was always interested to hear what you had to say. Uh, and so, I, you know, it's a, it's a bittersweet moment. I really appreciate sure. you bringing me on, but I'm sad as a fan that I won't get to hear the show anymore. Though, before the show started, you were telling me about what you have planned. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's going to be really cool. So I'm sure once you tell everyone else about it, they'll uh, they'll be pretty psyched. And I mean, that's the thing to bring you up to speed if you missed the update videos. The fact of like, back to the point, you know, you guys wanted, to keep, so many of you wanted to keep going. Many of you were like, no, you got to end it or change it or do whatever. I felt like it was the right thing to do to end PSI Love You because even though... This could have been like Beyond. And what I always loved about Beyond was being there from the beginning. And then I remember, you know, I was talking about it when I broke down in tears at Beyond 200 when I, I was getting interviewed by a fan for the blog. And he was like, well, you know, is there a podcast Beyond without Greg Miller? And I was like, I hope so, because mm-hmm. that's what I want this to be. I've built something here. For me, that sentiment is kind of funny. I want there to be a kind of funny without Greg Miller one day when I walk off to do whatever or I get murdered by a chicken. Like, that's what I want it to be. So the shows, I feel like, are the moving parts of it. So, yeah, I could have brought in another host to fill Colin's seat, but it would have been complicated in terms of, I don't think that, with all due respect to everyone else in the industry, and maybe I, with all due respect to everyone in the industry, I don't think there's bigger PlayStation experts than Colin and I, in terms of the press outlet world, and especially yeah. in terms, and because, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, uh, uh, PlayStation Nation. Uh, yeah. They do great stuff and they know it really well too, but they're off in Minnesota. Like I, and like we're not in a place that's kind of funny that I can hire somebody and move them over here and do that from that. And not that, that those would have been, no offense to them, my picks or something like that. No matter what, I, whoever I would have put in that seat to continue doing the show yeah. would have gotten the shit kicked out of them in comments over and over again on Twitter. It always would have been compared. It's the same thing Max and Brian have had to deal with since we left beyond the fact, oh, this show isn't as good as it used to be, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't want to put something in that yeah. situation. You don't want Darren to like in Bewitched. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't want Darren. it to be, I don't want to be having every man there. Cause that just changes the tenor of what this show is. And so in the same way we took the DNA beyond to make PS, I love you. We're taking that DNA to make something new after this. And that we'll talk about it. Kind of funny life three, of course, June 3rd, that's coming up there. When I put that in the last video, so many people flipped out thinking that we'd only talk about a kind of funny life three <laughs> and the other kind of funny life three announcements. If you can't be here in San Francisco, June 3rd, which you should be kind of funny.com slash KFL three. Uh, <laughs> if you can't be here live, that's all going to go up on Twitter. And then any announcements, shows, ideas, uh, big things, changes we do, obviously we'll be tweeting about them and talking about them. And there'll be videos packaging that information up in forum posts. And Trevor Starkey always does a recap article. So there'll be plenty of ways to figure out what's going on. But for right now, yeah, I wanted to make sure we ended this show somewhere proper that, you know, there was closure for people, the listeners, because I understand what it's like to just, you know, for all of us on that Monday, we all had the rug was just removed and it was like, all right, cool. Now we're going to figure out what we're doing, what kind of funny is, how we're moving the rest of the show along, the shows along and stuff like that. But awesome. I'm excited for what's next. I think it's going to be cool. I am too. I, yeah. it, it sounds really cool. As someone who just got a, a heads up of what it is a few minutes ago, I can tell you, uh, it sounds really cool. I think it'll be really helpful for your community. And yeah. uh, I won't say anything else. I don't want to sure. accidentally slip anything out. So if you didn't know. This is PSI Love You XOXO. It is, maybe was, the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. <laughs> it posted every Tuesday at 9 a.m., rain or shine. And uh, what's the other thing I used to say? Now uh, that I'm adding so many words yeah, in you there. You used to say, it is the number one 
PlayStation podcast. It is, I don't know, you know, usual. No, I don't remember what it was either. It's been like two months since I heard an episode. I mean, so. you, you fall out of you fall out of yeah, it. You know exactly. what I mean? The stuff I never wrote any of this down. <laughs> it's like, these are the oral traditions of my people that are exactly. passed down to week after week to so all of you. The the moral story is if uh, you disappear for a month and a half, your history is totally is gone. I would I have to watch the episode. Be like, oh, that's what we did. That's what I said. Excellent. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, well, it started. Housekeeping, of course. <laughs> kind of funny. Live three coming up June third. If you can, you should come. Xavier Woods is hosting WWE superstar Xavier Woods. Rocket League. <laughs> I heard the best Rocket League player in the world. Yeah, Xavier yeah. Was. He, ma- he made that claim. He's actually going to be at our World Championship the day before. He's at Kind of Funny Life. Uh, he he proclaimed that last night on Backlash. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting. He's going to our show and he's going to your show, and here we are together. I know. Yeah. Well, that was the thing when we got Xavier, and like, because oh, I was like, that was like, oh, we need a host. You know, we, we had Troy Baker year one, we had Bernie Burns year two, and it was like year three. Who's going to be? And I was like, I'm, I'd love to have Xavier, but I can't imagine WWE being cool with that. And WWE was so cool. They oh, were yeah, the best to work with. They were like, oh, this sounds awesome. This sounds great. They are great to work with. We announced a sponsorship, uh, a partnership with them, uh, just uh, last week. And so far, everything that they've done with us has been exactly as they said it would. Yeah. They are fantastic people to work with. Speaking of Xavier, by the way, just an aside. Yeah. His real name is cooler than his wrestling name. Austin Creed. Austin Creed is yeah. a much cooler name than Xavier Woods. Yeah. Just, But the funny thing is both of them are cool. Yeah. It doesn't matter what he does in life. He'll, he'll have like a cool... Just, Moniker. It's just interesting for you and me, I mean, being such longtime wrestling fans, oh, the yeah. fact that we now exist in a place where WWE is promoting Austin Creed and Xavier Woods, and it's not yeah. weird. You know what I mean? It's K- not like... Kayfabe is dead. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's, what, that's why. And yet, yeah. they still honor the tradition of it. Uh, but it, it is, it's really kind of funny... Uh, yeah. Because uh, during well during the the pay per view for example yeah. you had them uh, Xavier Woods and, and Ember Moon playing under their real names uh, of our of our game and then going right back to the actual wrestling event where everyone else is back to kayfabe again yeah but it's it's kind of cool now that they understand that fans are smart enough to know what's going on uh, but they're still putting on the theatrical essence of what the wrestling tradition has been um, and so I, I really actually right now is a great time to be a wrestling fan because they've they've cross that bridge of understanding that's both theatrics mm. and real life uh and it's awesome yeah how cool was that for you last night to have rocket league splashed across the wwe pay-per-view uh it was really nice i i so what's funny is that uh for the longest time i've wanted to do some um full-scale advertising for rocket league yeah but we were always uh really hesitant to do any because the game was so successful on its own without doing any uh any traditional advertising that we also wanted to make sure that when we did do it, that it was the right thing. And there's so much crossover there between the WWE audience and ours. Yeah. Same age group, a lot of the same interests. WWE fans are big gamers. Uh, and as a longtime fan of the WWE myself, I know already that they take very good care of their sponsors and that they have a lot of uh, gamers watching. So uh, it was something I was really excited about. And once it became a possibility that we could work together, I was super excited about it. And I, so far, the, the response has been really great. And it's just the beginning of several uh, really cool things we have planned for the rest of the year. Yeah, I was I was surprised by how many of my best friends, you know, my fans, whatever, Mm -hmm. that were tweeting me last night, screaming like, "Holy shit!" Like Rocket League is spot. Like they get what a big deal that is. Yeah, well, it's it's usually uh, you have games like Call of Duty or or World Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy. A lot of the much much uh, traditionally understood as bigger games on there. But uh, Rocket League is now such a, a massive game that uh, I think that it's time for us to kind of go out and start telling the mainstream about ourselves a little bit more so that we can grow even bigger. Because our goal is to eventually be as big as a Minecraft or 
um, as a Final Fantasy. Sure. Uh, we have a long way to get there. Obviously, those are long-standing franchises that have built in massive audiences, but uh, we, this is the first step, we think, and, and uh, a, a brighter tomorrow. So, as you know, as a fan of the show, yeah. it's conversational. Anything can happen. Yeah. It's topic of the show. Okay. Tots, 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 tots. So, how do you get there? How do you take Rocket League from... I mean, like, I'll never forget the when Colin came back to the 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 war room or whatever yeah. GameSpot, and he's like, "I just saw Dunham's new game, dude." And it's, it, I'm like, "Oh, what is it again?" It's the and he's like, "It's cars playing soccer." I'm like, "That yeah. sounds weird." He's like, "It's <laughs> awesome," you know what I mean? And like, I went over and saw it then later that day or whatever, and it was just a couple TVs you guys had over there, you know what I mean? Yep. To now you're fucking sponsoring a WWE pay per view, like. How do you then now look at it and go, how do, how do you capitalize on that to then make it something like a Minecraft or Call of Duty or whatever? Well, the best way to capitalize on it is to keep doing what the community wants you to do. Because if you don't do that, then you're, you're basically throwing all your momentum out the window. And so the number one thing we do is that we listen intently as to whatever people want us to do. Add this feature. We want the, these kind of extras added in the game. All, all the way to small little quality of life things. Like, wouldn't it be great if you added this particular element to your spectator camera when we're watching a game or could you consider uh upping the amount of options that you have in the menu so everything from the small amount of of or the small list of items to the big the bigger grander items like putting the batmobile in the game or hot wheels cars in the game fast and the furious uh these are all things that uh, people have asked us for consistently or we think that is really cool that they would appreciate and we stay on top of it we have almost our entire team plugging away on rocket league at all times, mm-hmm. trying to find mm-hmm. new ways to make it cooler, trying to explore different platforms, trying to look to see what else we can do to add on to the game as it is now, while simultaneously uh, listening. And listening is the key to what people want in the game going forward outside of our own ideas. So, I mean, it's a big job, but uh, we think we're up to the task because I think we've, we've formed enough of a relationship, similar to the relationship that you guys have formed uh, with your community, sure. where there's an understanding there of uh, they give us a little bit of leeway to figure some stuff out, and uh, but at the same time we listen to what they want, and we try to make that work best we can. And as long as they give us uh, uh, their their daily plays, we give them whatever we can to to make them happy. So uh, we're happy, and it's right now we're just trying to grow, grow, grow to keep up. And we, like as an example, when Rocket League launched, there were 36, 36 37 um, Psyonix employees. We had a new person start just this week, and that puts us at uh, 87, 88 Jesus. employees, and that's in about two and a half, uh, two and three quarters years. Yeah. So, uh, and we have a ton of open positions, particularly on things like online services uh, and and various other engineering roles, just to keep up. How you say you said you, you, you t- touched on it like literally on the nose, but I want to double back to it here. How do you? And this is going to sound stupid, but stick with me. Okay. How do you? listen to the community and let them know they're being heard because i think that's been a struggle for us is the fact Mm -hmm. that we've grown so much faster than we thought and our community got so much faster than we thought that we still think of ourselves as four guys in the spare bedroom they expect us to have all the answers we go i you know i when we we did our uh our celebration in january right marking hey it's our you know start of year three i said this is the year of community and to me that meant we're listening we're doing things you guys want and we know we announced joey noel was the community manager we had a couple of different little things people had asked for getting ready for kind of funny live three that's still the mindset i still believe in that message kind of funny live three we're gonna have a whole bunch of announcements that are like hey like this is what we've been doing back there, but we've run that thing. And granted, the Colin situation made things rough for everybody. Right. They lost a best friend. We lost a best friend and partner. How do we make all this work? How did this all go? 
I feel like it's not that the well's poisoned or anything like that, but like it's the, for the first time our community's had a hardship in coming around there. I, I've struggled with the fact that we're so fragmented that there's the Reddit thread, there's the Facebook group, there's the forums, there's the people who listen to the podcast, but only this one podcast, so they don't get a message I mentioned on the morning show. How do you do it that you talk to? Because it's in a similar situation of, yeah. you have a game you put out, you have you know message boards you do read, but then there is a Reddit thread. And da, da, da. Uh, well, I mean, there's no easy answer to that. The, the best way that we could do it is every way that we can think of to let them know that we are thinking about what, what they're telling us and trying to show it as often as we can. There, it's a, it's a many-tiered st- process. So we have everything from having uh, a, a very good community team hopping into Reddit and our Twitter and Facebook and, and forums, just acknowledging the fact that people are talking to mm-hmm. us and, and saying something back to them, even if it's like, no, this is not, not what we have planned. Just the fact that you're there you in, some, in some kind of way and mm-hmm. give them an answer. It goes a really long way. And it's what we've done from the very beginning of Rocket League is uh, if a lot of people always ask us, how did you launch Rocket League when you had so many server issues and people weren't that upset with you? And that's, that's a nice way to remember things, but people were upset with us <laughs> <laughs> because the game, the game wasn't, uh, uh, wasn't working online as we'd planned. And, um, but part of the reason that they were more accepting of what we did is, is we made sure to give them an update as soon as we had one. I remember those days, those evenings, really, oh, two, three in the morning, where none of us were sleeping trying to rewrite the network code for the game. And uh, our director of infrastructure would give me uh, a heads up that something had changed. And Thomas, whom we've met before, is, uh, he helped. Hey, uh, he, was, he was basically the director on the game. He, uh, he would give me an update, and then I would immediately tell the public. Yeah. I mean, within seconds of me finding out, everyone else found out. And that was indicative of what Psyonix had already done prior to me joining the team as well when they'd done the original Battle Cars game way back when. And, and just being that honest, when we don't know yet. We don't have the answer, or we're working on it, and we'll let you know as soon as we can. That, that means a lot to players, especially in a day and age when everything is a canned corporate answer. Of course. Or there's no answer at all. I mean, you can go on plenty of high-profile game forums or, or Reddits, and no one ever says anything as a representative of the company. So that means a lot. The other ways that we do it uh, is, well, I mean, we actually do listen. We, we, we have, of the 80-plus people we have in the company, many, many of them uh, go to Reddit and our Twitter and our forums, and they read what people are saying, and they interact. Uh, and we don't have quite the stranglehold on employees chatting with fans that a, yeah. a lot of other companies do. There are certain things that we want to make sure they don't say, like things are about to announce or whatnot. Um, but we let them listen and, and comment on, on various items. And uh, seeing that kind of interaction helps, but it also informs the team and they understand what the priorities are. And so uh, it's, like I said, it's a multi-tiered answer and it's one that is ultimately shown by what the product is when Mm. the game goes out we say we're going to do all these things now let's prove it to you by showing you we've added feature one two and three and here's here are more cars and here are more crates and here's another arena etc uh and that's something that is a lot of work but it's more rewarding for us than just putting a product out letting it be successful for six months and doing something else that's because knowing that we've now built something with a community and within ourselves, it keeps getting bigger. Now we just have to try to outdo ourselves. What is the limit? How far can we take it? Yeah. And that's what we're trying to find out. That's why we're adding even more features, why we're coming out in China with Tencent now, why, uh, and that's going to be a free-to-play version there specifically, why, and why we're um, now advertising on television. We want to try to grow as much as we can. What 
you, you talk about it either you know being successful for six months and moving on to something else what has player retention been like because when you guys came out initially on playstation 4 playstation yeah. plus game everyone was playing it it was everywhere i remember i think it was went to rtx and freddie wong just and not knowing our connection not knowing it it was just like yeah. Dude, I'm jonesing for Rocket League. I'm like, I think they're doing a tournament. He just went. <laughs> he just went and like, you know, jumped into this RTX thing. Like, what's uh, your retention been like? Is it's it- been great. Yeah. I mean, I've, so I, I think I mentioned to Colin when I was on um, his show a few months ago. In December, we set our record for most active players in the month. And then we broke it again in January. And uh, so far, this if you look at our last six months... I mean, that, and that's the sort of trajectory we want. In the last six months, we've had more active players a month than we did the first six months, and yeah. then six months after that. It's it's all growing. It's not going downhill. Most games they start to dip after a certain amount of time, sure. just a couple of months. All of our numbers continue to rise. Our how many games are being played? There's over three million games played every day. Wow. Um, that and that number is going higher and higher. Uh, we have between six and seven million active players a month. Uh, and so we have really, really good uh, retention. And when you consider that we sold, uh, we're pro- between 11 and, a, 11 and a half and 12 million copies sold of the game with six million active, six to seven million active players a month. That's pretty good retention. We have basically half the people that have purchased the game are still playing it month after month. So uh, that to us, that that says a lot about the game and, yeah. and where we're going. And uh, we hope we hope that those numbers will continue to rise. With that kind, uh, this is. I've n- tell me if I'm off base here and you don't want to ask this question. That's fine. Sure. With that kind of retention, everything that's going, did you guys, was this always the plan or did you shift away from thinking about rocket league two at some point? And like, or was it, was the plan always to be make this support it forever? No, not forever. It was, uh, it was the plan was to make the game and support it for a good amount of time. Cause they supported supersonic acrobatic rocket powered battle cars for yeah. a long time. Uh, but it, the thought wasn't that it would be a game as a service, which has essentially become now. Yeah, it would be. Uh, we would hope that to be as successful as possible. We'd support it for a few years and then focus most of our resources on something else. And what's happened instead now is we have, and like I mentioned to Colin before, uh, now we have an indefinite support time. We're going to keep supporting the game as long as people want to play it. Sure. Uh, and that has now changed the the company goals and and how we're approaching all the other projects that we have in the back of our minds and. Um, it's it's been really interesting, and we're still kind of dealing with that growing pain, which has been now like a two and two and three quarter year growing pain. Sure, but it's uh, it's we're we're getting more and more comfortable with the idea that we can throw more and more resources at the game while not sacrificing some of the ideas that we have for other projects we'd like to do eventually, while also trying to make sure that we're not just keeping the game alive. We want to make the game better constantly. We want to find new ways to. So that this version of Rocket League is better than the version of Rocket League you played a few months ago. Mm-hmm. It's a, a, it's an incredible amount of work, but it's. I mean, I think we're I think we're there. I think we're we found our groove, and um, I'm I'm really I've I've and you've worked you've known me a long time. I've never been so happy professionally. That's awesome. Ever in my whole career, and I spent ten years at IGN. Yeah, uh, and I that was some those were some very fulfilling years. But I've never been as happy to be a part of something as I am now. Uh, with at psionics i i always hate the question of did you have any idea it would be this big of a deal when anybody asked that because of course no mm-hmm. nobody did but for you when did you go man this is this is exceeding my expectations for what rocket league was going to be um, how long had you been on the at psionics when they launched rocket league uh, about a year and okay. a couple of months okay. i started in uh, the beginning of 2014 and uh, we were launched rocket league in july of 2015 and I, I think that at various stages, the the first day 
<laughs> so the first full day, by the end of that, it was obvious that it was bigger than we thought. But by month, as month three started to, to, tail, to tail off a little bit, we're like, okay, now it seems to be getting more manageable. We did a couple of things to, to make the game interesting again, and the number shot back up again uh, by quite a bit. And they never, they never dropped again. Mm-hmm. And so from that point forward, uh, that's what convinced me this is a game that we're going to have to keep uh, supporting as long as possible. In terms of never doing a Rocket League 2, that was just something that kind of organically happened over time because we would get a lot of questions from other people in the industry, other game companies, like, when are you going to do Rocket League 2? What do you yeah. have in mind? And, uh, you know, we were always kind of uh, coy when it came to that question. But as time moved on and the more we thought about it, it just didn't make sense to do a Rocket League oh, yeah. 2, at least not right now. I mean, if you have all of these millions of players that are playing every month, why would you want to take a happy, healthy community and then stop everything they're doing and then hope that they move to this yep. new product, which is essentially the same product you've already released with a couple of other bells and whistles. You create bad will that way. You, you have to stop supporting the game as it is now to focus on this other version of the game. And then what's the number one ha- thing that happens when you release a sequel? Everyone says, what doesn't it have that the first one had? Mm. And, and so, there, I mean, it just, it's, it's not worth that our relationship and our community to just try to create a second game that would probably sell very well just for the sake of making money again. I would much rather, and the company s- supports this, uh, this opinion, I would much rather that we have a game that people feel like they can always go back to, that they're not forced to buy anything, that they can just enjoy it for what it is and grow along with it. That's a much better way to handle it. Well, it's a business model that I think... Not that we were short-sighted on, but having not seen someone nail it, you didn't know existed. Where we, I think for years at IGN, we'd be saying the real thing will be when Madden becomes a platform. Mm-hmm. And, and rather than buying a box copy of Madden every year, you'd download the new roster updates or whatever the hell it is and get it that way, right? But that is then still an annual process of, cool, this is what it is. Because it's not like a new football team is getting added or you're going to add a new mode to Madden every six months. But with Rocket League, it can be, hey, there are these new cars. Hey, there is this new mode. And then you guys get to promote it like it's a new game. Like, And it may not even like a new game, but like it's episodic in the way that Telltale is, you know, moved into this, like the stratosphere here. They're this giant thing, right? And you you remember what they were when you and I started covering them. And it was that thing of, they do that because even though people, oh man, I don't like the episodic content, this, that, and the other, every month and a half, two months, right, there's a new game that it feels like they get to talk about The Walking Dead again, and that's a big deal for them. You get to do the same way, but just yeah. modes and stuff. Yeah, and I think one of the difference, uh, the one of the advantages and disadvantages to the way we're set up versus something like <clears throat> a Madden or a Telltale. Telltale um, is telling very specific, well done, by the way, stories uh, that have a beginning and an end. So it makes sense that you'd be hitting certain episodes and then eventually they'd be tailing off and you'd start something else. I think it's a lot easier for people to digest something like that, especially when they're only asking for $5 an episode. Madden is also uh, benefit has benefited a bit from being able to have yearly roster changes. And uh, rather than trying to just give you new rosters and on the existing platform, They've, it's, it makes a lot of sense for that group to be able to not only release a game with new, uh, with new rosters, but also new technology, new features, yeah. et cetera. That, that game is so huge and, and so technically uh, complicated that it takes a long time for them to add these things to the game, even though for a lot of the, the layman gamer, it may look like it's just a slight update over the previous year. There's a lot that goes into that slight update. Um, but I mean, that, that approach just wouldn't work for us. I, yeah. 
I, I don't think it's the right way. I think that that era of gaming is slowly going to, to creep out. You've seen it with our game as an example. World of Warcraft is another great example. It's a game that started now 13 years ago, and it continues to reinvent itself and, and, and have new ways to bring uh, fans back and still be interesting. And I think that that's what people want. Uh, they want to be able to feel like they're not forced to get the same thing over and over again. And I, I think maybe 10, 15 years from now, I think most franchise games will be that way, where there's more of a, uh, unless it's very reliant on story, um, that it's more of a, a platform versus uh, just a series of games. Sure. I think it's a success, you know, you've seen with Destiny and you've seen with Division yeah. and stuff like that, where it is, we're going to support it. And then granted, they just announced Destiny 2, but, you know, they support it for a long time and they do bring in people and, hey, you wanted more stories. So here's this new, you know, the Wolves expansion pack. But what happened as soon as they announced Destiny 2? The, all the fans from Destiny 1, the first thing that, well, I shouldn't say all the fans, but a good majority of the fans, the first thing that started happening was comparing what is going to carry over from Destiny 1 yeah, yeah. and Destiny 2. What Nothing. features are going to be in there? <laughs> Some stuff carries over. Your cosmetics. But, but uh, you know, what are all the things that uh, that makes uh, Destiny 2 exactly like Destiny 1 and convince me why I, I should be happy that I'm buying this as opposed to the first one? And that's going to be built into any issue that you run into. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin warned me. Kevin's over there doing his job, doing a good job. Say I was breathing a little loud. Oh. Thanks, Kev. I'll, I'll keep it up. Was, was it, it you or was it me? Was no, I no. soft watching it? Okay, okay, cool. Was it like horrible the whole show, or is it just right there? Everybody, I apologize for my breathing. It's like Black Christmas. It's just <laughs> the calls coming from inside. It is getting hot in here. Have you seen that movie Black Christmas? No, it's twice. There's the original, and then there's a remake. Okay, original's really good. Scary as hell. How's the remake? Yeah, uh, it's exactly like the first one, just okay. not as good. It's predictable because you already know what happened. Of course, you saw the first one. Of course, how's that for a derailment? And, uh, for you, please, Kevin. this show. Don't worry about it. Uh, a lot of <laughs> we get to all the reader questions. So many people missing the water, man. How many pages are on that thing? Ten. I got ten. Oh, but he wow. figured now it's different because I like Colin always used. He did the Roper's report off of uh, yeah. the thing, and he did the drop off the computer. I'm not. I like the tangible paper. That makes well, sense. When we started doing PS, I love you, X. So I, I tried to switch over to an iPad. Is the final episode going to have a Roper's report, or is that? Oh, we got a whole thing. Oh no, we're, okay, I sweet. mean, we just we conversational. So we're in the middle of housekeeping. We insert a topic of the mm-hmm. show. We're still kind of in that, but then we'll go yeah. the rest of the segments. Every knows enough gotcha. uh my thing before i let you go off topic of the show is what is and I've, i think i've asked you before but i was like getting uh, updates from you because uh, now that you've been because you've been well geez when did you hang up uh ign and start going and going into game development how many years 2009 jesus god we're old yeah okay so eight <laughs> years on the other side now yeah what's the one thing you look back and like i can't believe i didn't understand that i didn't know that Almost everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's so. Well, I think that um, gaming journalists now probably have a better idea of what goes on the other side because of social media and because uh, gaming developers as a whole are a lot more open than they were when I was in the games sure. media. Uh, but at that time, there was so much speculation involved in just about everything we came up with, uh, and you, there wasn't a lot of understanding of the technical mastery that's necessary to do something very small so i think when uh, a player and myself when i was a a gaming journalist was was out there and i'm like why don't they just do a b and c why don't they just stick a house here so that they improve the sight line and the shooter and that would have made this map so much more interesting and the answer to that is because there's uh, there are a million things associated with putting a house there first you need the artist to build it and you need to make sure that uh, it fits in the map and in memory is it going to 
Is he going to ruin the way that the, the map runs? Then you need to QA it and make sure it doesn't break anything. Then you need to play test it for gameplay and make sure that it actually feels right now that you've added this one element to the map that wasn't there before. And it's a series of other things. And then why can't they release it right away? Well, because when you have a game on console, no matter what the console is, you have to submit it through a process um, to have it certified by their, those QA teams so that you can then release it. So it's none of those things were really... Uh, something that I was overly aware of. I'm sure I'd heard of all of these aspects, but I didn't really understand it. Until yeah, you didn't I was know the, the real pain of, of cert, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and t- until you're in it, you don't, too. Because, like, how long will it take this feature to build? Oh, well, I can get it done in a week or two. Great. But then between testing and gameplay and, and submission, that week or two can turn into a month or two like right. that. And then that's just by itself, independent of everything else you're adding. So for me, it's the actual complexities behind making a games uh, and also uh, just how little animosity there is also between game companies because i think it was always fun to speculate oh i bet you electronic arts is really pissed off at activision on this one or or ubisoft can't be happy about what thq just did and the reality is is that on the development side everyone's pretty open with each other and talks talks with each other and throw ideas around and are very excited about what the other company is doing all the time so it's 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 very interesting i think now that i've been on this side for almost a decade as opposed to being the other side for a decade, uh, all of the uh, the original ideas that I had are actually very very wrong, and I, I don't know if if you were on the development side, how many of those you would uh, you would find different, given your relationship with so many developers, you might have a much better understanding than mm-hmm. I did. Um, but it's it's eye opening, and I think it's really uh, it's really kind of cool to have been on both sides, but essentially as a professional fan, which is what writing sure. about games is. You're a professional fan. Uh, and then making the games themselves. It's just so c- completely different universes, and yet I'm so glad that I've been part of both of them. Uh, it really gives me nice perspective, and I, it, I've, I've been able to take elements and apply it uh, of my old job and apply it to this job that I think uh, I wouldn't have been able to do had I not started there. So it's, it's, it's great and, and eye-opening, and um, this is the side I'm going to stay on, though. I'm not going back. Yeah, you can't go back. <laughs> no, yeah? You can write no a great way. book, I'm sure. Uh, you know, I've thought about writing a book many, many times, yeah. and then I just can't get myself motivated to do it. I figured there's someone out there who could write the same book about the same subject much better than I could. Yeah. And uh, plus, if I did that, then I'd get in the way of what I'd... I'm a workaholic. It'd get in the way of me doing the stuff that I'm doing right now. And I, 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 can't, I can't separate myself like that. So how does that transition for you being a workaholic... To like, I, you know, usually I open the show when we're talking. I was like, so what have you been playing lately? Mm-hmm. Do you play Rocket League all the time? Not as much as I used to. Yeah, I'll play it uh, internally every now and then. Whenever we're introducing a new feature, and uh, whenever I design all the trophies and the achievements in the game. So when you see, hell yeah, you did. When you see those in the game, uh, as soon as we release them, I go out and I start getting them. Yeah, uh, just because I have a thing with trophies, as you know. And, Do you still and ha- are you still doing the thing? In the streak, trof- yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, explain my, the streak to everybody. So. If you haven't heard before when I've been on the show, I have a, uh, uh, I have OCD. And uh, one of the things I have to do is I have to, I'm a bit of a completionist. And part of this has somehow morphed into I need to get an achievement and a trophy in an Xbox game and a PlayStation game every day. Or I get some real anxiety and problems with it. So my Xbox streak, and I've gotten an achie- at least one achievement in an Xbox game uh, every day now for about three and a half years. <laughs> And the PlayStation streak is at about two years and okay. some change. Uh, it's really unhealthy, but it's 
Uh, I don't see it ending anytime soon, barring some kind of catastrophe. Do you tra- is, you're traveling so much. Is, are, what, how you bring my Vita. Vita. I bring my Vita, and I bring a Windows PC yeah. that I the, I can then play games that also have achievements on them. Smart. Went to so even though we're in Hawaii and everyone's enjoying <laughs> enjoying themselves, I of course was locked away in our hotel room uh, while, while my wife and kids were out. At, I think they were at a beach getting um, some kind of tour of history of of that area or something and i was back there just playing uh what was i playing i was playing something on the vita it was a, a mahjong game oh that i played the mahjong uh, royal like towers two. no there's two um mahjong tales i think tales of mahjong yeah um and uh an, a, a couple of other games i started the um uh taco master which hell yeah was you great. did i flattened yeah. that one hell yeah you did um but it's i just couldn't i couldn't help myself and of course on the xbox side i was playing uh an adventure game that <laughs> i mean it's it's something i can't i can't help myself doing but um it also informs me very well when i'm designing the trophies and achievements for the game as to what to what to put in there and uh i i've, I've learned a lot now over what's what people i think would really want to have in the game versus mm, just trying mm-hmm. to come up with a list of something that makes sense. Which in the beginning, uh, I was already well into my streak, and I've such an achievement freak that uh, I was already considering it. If you're curious how those achievements and trophies were designed, very specifically, give you a lot of really easy ones early, but most of the golds are back are are, are backlog. So that if you really want to get them, you, you go. You have to play it. Spend a good amount of time with the game. But I also designed them so that none of them were uh, centered on the idea that. You have to do something unusual. It was just for, for playing the game, cumulative things, and you know, it was just to have fun. They weren't meant to be distractions, but they were meant to be rewards. And now, as we continue to add more and more trophies and achievements every update, now I have to get a little bit more creative. And some of them might be, <laughs> some of them might be a little out of the ordinary, like get up, Mister Bubbles, which was uh, an ode to Bioshock. Of course, I, yeah. I put in there. But in that one, you had to play our Aqua Dome, which is an under underwater stage, using the bubbles boost that we have and get get an aerial shot. Are you worried about the cap? Because I know the Zen Pinball guys just hit the cap. We're like, we can't put any more trophies in the game. Um, well, so I'm not sure what I can say about that, but I'll just, I'll tell you what I can. Is So we did reach a cap uh, on the PlayStation side. We don't have it on the Xbox side. Um, but you can, um, depending on how many of these used and what your plans are for the game, you can petition mm. to have uh, to make exceptions, which we've continued to do. Good, um, good, good on you. Yeah, this so. is the, this has been the running theme of PS. I love you. Yeah. is like always keep asking. Like when people, I, it yeah. kills me. Why don't you have platinum? Oh, Sony said we couldn't. I'm like, all you have to do is say no. We really want to platinum, and they apparently go okay. Yeah, because like, <laughs> that's how. That's anybody who's got. I'm like, how did your game get a platinum? I'm like we asked twice. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I, I mean, I remember an episode that you get because, like I said, I listened every week. I remember an episode you guys had um, a few months ago where you were trying to figure out if any game had been released uh, with a platinum after it had already come out without a platinum. In the back to the future, I was actually yelling at the the radio. I was back really to upset the that I missed that. Back to the you future. You know what it's like though, because we do that. The show is, as you know, and like I'm sure you guys know too, is so off the cuff that. It is that thing for me as I was trying to keep it going and knowing where we're going next and that I don't have the bandwidth always to actually stop and think think and like I, I played Back to the Future and I remember when it came to disc yeah. me being like that would be I, I hated the ending <laughs> episodes but I'd be easy platinum if I wanted it. That's right. Yeah. And but so by the way, petitioning doesn't mean that you're going to get it. Sure. It just means you have to make your case and why it's important and um even that petition, if if it's granted, 
it's also a very small amount. And then so if you have another one to get again, then you have to ask again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we hit our cap with our last trophy. So we'll see what happens now when it comes. So we've already we've now used up all of our points, and now we'll see what happens once we uh, once we try our next ones. Because I do have I, it is in the plan and our next update. We're going to have uh, our next major update. Yeah, we're going to have new achieve- achievements and trophies in there. So we're we'll see what happens. And if they're not in the PlayStation, then you know that uh, didn't, wor- didn't work out so well. Shuhei brought it down, rejected. <laughs> Get out of my office. <laughs> this isn't even your department. Exactly. So if you're not playing Rocket League every day, oh yeah, the original question. Uh, yeah, there I, I do play. Uh, I play a, a ton of games. Uh, that are small and easily digestible because I don't have the time that I used to have to be able to dedicate myself to the larger games. Crazy job, wife, yep. two kids. Yep. Yeah. Plus, um, I, I, tra- I travel a lot now, mm-hmm. and I'm building, a, an, I'm building an internal team on top of assisting our executive team at Sonyx with just building the business. So lots to do, but I love video games. I was commenting on my wife last night. I'm like, man, I really wish I could just play more games. Mm-hmm. I love this. And I was just sitting there, I'm not playing a game, scrolling through games that I own that I haven't yet had a Been chance there. to play. Yeah, I yeah. you. I know you understand because you do the same thing. You travel all over the place. You're you're working all the time. I mean, but it's the same thing. I we I have a love for games that I've have never had a hobby that I love this much yeah. ever. Yeah. Even even when I wanted to be a professional fighter, I mean, and that was my career trajectory for a long time. I've never had that passion carry over obviously i couldn't stay in shape i i couldn't i couldn't uh that passion didn't carry over anywhere as much as it did video games and yeah. i'm i'm so grateful to games as an industry and as a hobby i just wish i had i there's more hours in the day that's the problem man. i mean like because uh for me it's been it happened quietly but when we left and we were doing this it was very much that all right cool like i'm gonna play this and like it wasn't it was no longer the not gun to your head because that sounds terrible but the pressure of ign of we need to know everything we can focus we can do stuff i can sit here and play this one game and feel like i'm you know that i can tell you about it and have yeah. something interesting to say and it was the problem i think i finally put my finger on it this week that it's just the fact that now there are so many games where like this the spring has been so crazy that we've gotten to the point where it was easy to be like oh well yeah bloodborne is not my thing so i'm not gonna play it but i mm-hmm. know it's cool or whatever and now it's like I feel so guilty not playing Persona. And like this weekend, I put in like 10 hours into Marvel Heroes Omega. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was totally that thing of like when I move from one room to the other, I go to the PlayStation or turn it on, I'd see Persona down on my little thing, my little, uh, my library. It's just like, I'm sorry, I got to play this right now. And I feel, and then I was like playing Prey. And then I was, I was playing Prey. And I'm like, oh man, I wish I was playing Marvel Heroes, but I wish I was playing Persona. But I like all these games. <laughs> Is it because of your, uh, you already know it's going to be such a time suck? You, you don't want to be you don't want to sit down and not dedicate the amount of time it deserves or is it because uh you just aren't in the mindset to play an rpg right now it's a it's it's mainly the time it's no i know what persona is if that makes sense i've mm-hmm. you know i love persona jeff haynes yeah. turned me on to it with persona 3 back in the day on ps2 and so being there now and being 35 hours into that game and being like all right cool at least 60 more to go. You know what I mean? And then knowing yep. with the travel schedule and this and the fact that it is, okay, I have right now 30 minutes to play, 45 minutes to play. And like knowing in Persona, that's nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to get through it through. I'm not, because I, I think right now I'm in between the th- second, third dungeon, third and fourth dungeon. And so it's like, I know that I'm not going to get to there. And so I need, I need, uh, for me, that is a, I'm going to sit there on a Saturday and play for hours. You know what I mean? Which I ended up doing with Marvel Heroes Omega. But Marvel Heroes Omega is also. 
it's like Diablo, right? And it's a game I've also played a ton of on PC. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, I broke my PCs are stupid rules for it. And so <laughs> it is like junk food where it's just, you know, I'm just beating the shit out of everything as fucking Jane Foster Thor and like, okay, cool, <laughs> whatever. And then I, I get new gear and I get new levels and I'm doing this and I ping a trophy and I'm having a great time and I'm talking to Jen and I'm having a beer and I'll stop and walk Portillo and do some chores and come back and pick it back up. And it's just like, comforting because it's so easy in and out whereas persona is like wait where was i in the story and mm-hmm. what was happening and wait what's her social rank fuck I, you know, da, da, da. yep like it's it's persona 5 is everest and i want to give it the proper <laughs> the dedication to conquering when i conquer it so i have a similar mindset i pre-ordered persona 5 i haven't even started it yet i mm. pre-ordered horizon zero dawn when i was on the show last yeah with colin i told him i'm so excited i'm gonna be playing it this weekend when i head back i started it and then uh, I, so, I, something important came up at work. I don't remember what it was, but it was very important. And then I haven't gone back to it since. Yeah. And it's so frustrating. It actually, I, I start every year. I take uh, I take most of December off. That's my. Va- I don't take vacation all year. I wait until December, and then I take a, an extra week, and I take most of that time off because it, it coincides nicely with uh, uh, the Christmas holiday. Yeah. And that's when I already start. Putting going through my list of the games that I'm going to play, and so now, unfortunately, I went from having this game that came out in March to now I'm not going. I know I'm not going to play it till December, right? But it's at the top of my list. Yeah. And I'm sure that it's. I'm sure I'll get to it. I mean, that's how I got through until dawn, which is a fantastic game. Yeah. Uh, I did that in 2015. It was man, that's my other than Rocket League. If I'm to take away my bias, until dawn, my favorite PlayStation 4 game. Wow, by far. I love that game. I'm a big horror fan. Yeah, I know. Uh, and they did a the great job of storytelling in that. So I, if you haven't played it, I'm sure you have. If you haven't played it, play that game. It's very good. It'll come up later in uh, the upcoming list of PlayStation software for all the platforms by the kind of funny co-founders. But uh, <laughs> how do you, are you just super stoked for Friday the 13th? Um, I, I don't know because okay. I'm a massive Friday the 13th fan. Huge Friday the 13th fan. Yeah. I know the movies backwards and forwards. I, I own all the, I mean, if you remember, you and I went to see yeah. the, the remake and the reboot in 2009. Also, funny story. So here's a quick aside. See, this is what happens when you ask me questions. Uh, Greg and I went to see that, that movie. Uh, I took my wife, and you, you brought your girlfriend at the time, I think. Yeah. And uh, we went to go see it, and uh, there was a whole. We were near the end of the movie, and yep. there's like this, never forget this gaggle of ten kids that had snuck they came in, came running up the stairs, yep. huffing and puffing, and sat down <laughs> next to us in the back of the theater. There was like a, security a, came in looking for them. It was thirty minutes before the end of the movie, and yeah. they just couldn't stop talking. They were so proud of themselves that they had snuck into this film, and <laughs> they must have been a minute into their talking. And Greg just goes, "Damn it! Will you shut the fuck up, all of you guys? Be quiet. We're watching a movie." And then they just go ah, ah, ah. dead silent. And it was ama- and it was quiet for the rest of the film. I it was amazing. And I'm like, I want to see another movie with Greg. Yeah. <laughs> it was well, it's just like it, it was the best because uh, the kids snuck in and you say, they snuck. In. They were running from security. Got in there. Security didn't find them. And then after I did it. One of their the, their straggler friend came up and sat down. And was like, "Guys, can you believe what?" And they're like, "Shut up! Shut up! Shut up, shut up don't talk! Don't say anything!" It's like there was a psycho literally right next to us right now, freaking out. You got to be quiet. But. So with that in mind, uh, the game I'm very excited about. I just I haven't played any. I played um, the beta for one game, mm-hmm. and that was not enough to judge a final product. On, sure, especially knowing that there is still a lot of optimizations to do. Yeah. So I'm um, optimistic about it, but I don't know if I'm how excited I am because, uh, ironically, even though I worked at Psyonix uh, on a game called Nosgoth, which is an asymmetrical multiplayer game, I'm still not um, easily convinced or easily. Uh, 
It's the best way to put it. I'm still not a, a, a massive fan of asymmetrical multiplayer games because there's always that one or two classes that's always better than another one. Uh, and I just want to play as Jason all the time. I don't want to be... You don't want to be one of the shitty counselors? I don't want to be a counselor running away. I want yeah. to go destroy. And I understand that if I wait my turn, I'll get I'll get that chance. But I'll have to wait and see when I play it. And uh, So I'm optimistic, but cool. we'll see. Yeah, I haven't. I remember Cecil came by and you know, talked about it when he got when he started working with them or whatever. I was like, oh, it sounds cool or whatever. But the only thing about it is like not having kept up with it or seen it. It's like I'm looking forward to Tuesday and playing it. But mm-hmm. it's just like I have no idea if this game is... Good or anything, I don't know anything about it. But did you play the the beta at no, all? No, no, yeah. PC, so we're coming from <laughs> we're coming from most of the same place. Then, yeah, yeah. I'd be interested if you play. You should let me know. We can play together, see okay. what happens, see right, if, cool. and then we can make our determination together. Sounds good. Okay, we can yell good. at the people that are playing and tell them to be quiet. Shut the fuck up! It's a video game. <laughs> uh, last piece of housekeeping. Uh, E3 is coming up. Kind of funny will be there. Remember, pre and post shows for all the E3 press conferences on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. 30 minutes before, right afterwards, come check out, see what we thought or think is going to happen. Then at E3, we'll be down there making videos, putting them up on YouTube, having a great time. For now. What? Oh, your predictions for E3. What about them? No, I mean, every year you guys have the predictions for E3, oh, yeah. and every year you made you made it clear to say, oh, by the way, these are our real predictions. Not not them. Yeah. See? <laughs> So whenever they were referencing uh, pe- people that they knew that used to know things, you that were, were such revealing a son it. of a bitch about it. <laughs> so many times on the Beyond Production episode, they were talking about I, me. I, I, I named names quite a few times. They know it was you. You'd be like, "Oh, I've heard," and it just it is, it totally is that thing of like a different era we grew up in yeah. of like writing where it was like. Somebody told you over a beer or something. You're like, can I put in predictions? You're like, they're like, yeah, yeah. And so you'd be like, oh, I predict this. I'm yeah. like, you know that's going to happen. It's still something I I heard. It wasn't <laughs> like is, is is this something is this something that uh, you know for sure is going to happen? No, it's just something I heard. I'm pretty sure it might just happen. But sure. yeah, yeah. Don't but worry. Yeah. Predictions will live on on the games cast. Yeah, good. That's where we moved them. I think. Oh yeah, that's how we did it for last year, right? Because we had this show. Predictions were done as topic of the show and then put out as games cast. But games cast will still have everything. Uh, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's report. Time for some singular possessive news. Ten. Items on the list. A baker's dozen. A baker's motherfucking dozen. Number one, Tom Holland is going to play a young Nathan Drake. Spider-Man himself. Saw that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean Levy is directing a film that will take its inspiration from a sequence in the third iteration of the video game that focused on young thief Nathan Drake from the Uncharted series. Uh, This is, of course, from Deadline.com's exclusive. And his first encounter with the professional rogue Sullivan. This reformulation of the franchise was an inspiration of Sony Pictures chief Tom uh, Rothman after seeing the latest cut of the Spider-Man film, sources said. So yeah, Uncharted movie as we know it, which was just a grease truck on fire forever, <laughs> finally killed to now tell a prequel to the Uncharted game starring Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. I'm really surprised about that. Yeah, uh, totally. I, I would have I would have not expected in a million years that they would have gone that far into the, the history of the character to tell yeah. the movie. I thought for sure they were going to take the Indiana Jones approach. He was already, at the very least, a, a couple of adventures into his career, mm-hmm. and they would just pick up of kind of either retell one of the game stories or mash them all together into yeah. a single kind of My concern but. was, yeah, they were going to basically do the origin story of it again, where it introduced mm-hmm. Elena, introduced her and Drake meeting for the first time. It's yeah. a really smart move, I think, honestly, because it was that when they announced the Mark Wahlberg one, I was like, yeah. whoa, no, please don't <laughs> do that, and then just kept gestating, gestating, changing, and changing. Getting in here opens the door in a lot of ways because first off, I'm way less protective of 
Nathan Drake's younger years. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm not going to sit there, but like, oh, this and that. Oh, I know all these different things. So you do it here, introduce it. Hopefully, it, let's say it's a hit. People like Tom Holland as it. Then you keep making the sequels, and suddenly, by the time you get into familiar territory, where now he is an adult Nathan Drake, I'm not going to care. I'm not going to be hung up on it. I'm not going to be sitting around and be like, wait a second, that's <laughs> not how this happened. Well, what if they? What if they do? focus on the early years but they do end up rehashing everything you've already seen in the game games from adult nathan drake like what if they take one through four and they shoehorn it now into something from the beginning what how would your opinion in change? this first movie yeah well, i mean or even if it's an L, even if it's just bits and pieces i don't know like it's, it's they're gonna i mean it's a weird thing of like i feel like this just satisfies the gamer people like us in on a few different levels of like mm-hmm. all right fine you fucking babies. We're not we're not touching your video game stories and we're putting Spider-Man in it. You like him and you like your stories, everything's still sacrosanct. You know what I mean? Like, yep. don't worry about it. Uh, if they get, I, I do think they're going to eventually get to all this different stuff. I don't, I don't know how many winks and nods there'll be of like him bumping into a woman with an Elena name tag and she keeps going. You know what I mean? Or like dumb shit like that. That's something like if I was writing the script, I'd be putting in there my, my Nathan Drake fan fiction I'm writing. But if they, I don't think they're going to, if they shoehorn in Lazarevich and his blue sap and all that jazz, like that's kind of <laughs> dumb. Like you can do something better. I'm really interested to see where they go with it. I'm always, appre- I don't know why. I, I, maybe it's because of my age now, but I'm always apprehensive of prequels, whether they're, whether or not they're movie prequels or video game prequels. Uh, Rogue One proved that you know maybe I don't need to be as apprehensive, but because uh, I actually like that movie. Yeah. The but I, there's always there's always uh, an element uh, of taking something that is already well-established and trying to tell you how you got there that I think usually complicates a story in a way it didn't need to be complicated. Mm, mm, mm. Um, you saw that with the first three prequels in Star Wars, and I think that uh, um, The Thing, even if you're going to... I'm a big horror fan. The Thing, the original, or which is was a remake itself, from 82, <laughs> from John Carpenter, they did a prequel to that in the 2011 movie called The Thing. Wasn't necessary. So I, I, I don't know. I think I'm always a little on the fence about those, but... He's a great actor. Yeah, I really enjoyed his Spider Man. He was so. great in Civil War. Yeah, I can't wait. I hope Homecoming comes together. Um, my thing about it here is, I wonder how much of it is just not marketing, but just a way for us to wrap our heads around it. Of it's a prequel, right, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But does it really gonna t- is it really gonna tie into the games in any way? Is it because that's a weird thing about doing it and calling it Uncharted is the fact I feel like I guess there's cachet to the name, even if you're if if you're. Uh, you know, average moviegoer, you've been to, your friend plays video games, you've seen them on the shelf, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that's that video game thing. But I mean, doing this is really just, and even if they're going to do it, you know, um, with Mark Wahlberg, with anybody, it's just Indiana Jones again, right? It's just National Treasure again. Like, you yep. don't need to do this, but I guess take the IP that's already established and do it. It's a Cost delicate, number. it's a delicate balance because when you take an existing IP that's been around for 10 years uh, and, and you say, now we're going to uh, tell a prequel, you have to have just the right amount of baggage in order to make fans mm. feel like they, they're getting something extra by watching the movie and instead not saying, oh, that's from part two and that's part three and that's part four and also why is he 20 years younger? You don't, you, you don't want them picking the story apart, which I think has happened a lot, like the Resident Evil movies, for example, that happens with practically yeah. every movie. And so that's the, that's the line that they have to skirt is how much inspiration they take from the games versus how much of it is a truly original while also making people feel like we're setting the groundwork for the adventures there are, they already know. And also, are you ever going to get to a point to where you, re- you do retell one of the games? And if you do, how do you do that? So there's a lot. See, I, I overanalyze a lot of the stuff. Um, that's but what the show's all about. To me, <laughs> but to me, I think that's what they have to think about when they're, they're putting this franchise together is... 
how do they start and how much of that do they want to latch onto versus creating your own thing? And then are they willing then to be to face the criticism regardless of what happens? We'll see. And then again, is it ever going to happen? <laughs> it's, it's one of those every video game movie that gets announced and adapted and yeah. they do oh, Maisie Williams is talking about The Last of Us and all this shit that just never ever happens it's like this sounds great but it is okay well see if it actually goes that way best video game movie I've ever seen is still Silent Hill I mm. think I think that that was the one that was most most faithful to the source material what about Doom Doom I think was faithful to the source material but I think to its detriment <laughs> But I think uh, I think Silent Hill was uh, so much uh, so much better in every way. It, it took elements from one, two, and three, and even some four stuff, and it, it really made you feel like you were in that universe. And it, I don't know that that to me is the the top of the the video game movie uh, hierarchy. Okay, so number two, sad news, but news I've been predicting quite a while. Red Dead Redemption Two coming spring twenty eighteen now. Yeah, what a shock. <laughs> Uh, Will it even stay there? That's the other question. I hope so. This one I believe more in. If I mean, it actually will, though. I think so. I th- Well, you know the great thing about Rockstar is they can do whatever they want. Exactly. So it really doesn't matter who their competition is and when they come out. There's such a, a power behind their name and that brand and anything they touch that they, they really can write their own destiny. And I think it's coming from the side that I come from, it's the right move that if you don't think the game is ready yet, you should absolutely... Uh, sit on it and give it a couple more months and, and get it to the point to where you think it's definitely releasable. So it might be disappointing for a lot of fans, but it's the right move, likely, from a development standpoint. No, delays are always I, the way to go. You need more time. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? It is that thing of, yeah, it sucks, but you want the game to be perfect. And that's what, I mean, their statement was, you know, the same way. Uh, I think I have it here, right? Yeah. The, this outlaw, this is from uh, Rockstar's site. This out, The outlaw epic set, this this outlaw epic set across the vast and unforgiving American heartland will be the first Rockstar game created from the ground up for the latest generation of console hardware. And some extra time is necessary to ensure that we can deliver the best experience possible for our fans. We are very sorry for the disappointment this delay causes, but we are firm believers in delivering a game only when it's ready. Makes there sense. It's what you want to yeah. hear. But it, you know, it's the same thing. Uh, it'll show up here at the end of the Roper, Roper's report here about like South Park finally getting a, a release date again. But it's like, is that, are they going to hit that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's another game that they've been so, we need to nail it. You know, Matt and Trey are so particular about it. Like, I don't know if I believe that time. I hope so. I pre-ordered it last year. Yeah. And then again, based on the story I've already told you, it really doesn't matter because I'm not going to play it when I get it anyway. I know, so. right? <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing. And like, the year's already been so good. And when we get to E3 and start getting release dates for other stuff that's coming. Yep. You start thinking about how it's been such a packed spring that even if it stopped now, I'd be playing catch up, let alone the fact that Destiny 2 in September and then all this other stuff that'll start in the fall. Yeah, yeah. E3. Um, I, I, always, I, I don't like the, um, the day-to-day at E3 because yeah. it's so packed and it's so hard to get around, but those press, that press conference time and right before when you can meet up with friends and all that, that's a great magical time. Oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, where we're at this year, especially with uh, this is going to be... Um, the Xbox has been, or Microsoft has all of their big announcements planned that they've already talked about, uh, and then you also have uh, all the Nintendo reveals. What's what's what are they actually going to show in E3 yeah. other than Super Mario Odyssey and uh, Zelda, which is the only game big games we know about. So I think those are the titles that uh, that I or the, those are the platforms where I'm really interested in PlayStation. Uh, their their press conference last year was fantastic. Just all nothing but trailers. Yeah, that was the right way to go. Sure. And I'm really curious to see if they can uh, outdo themselves 
uh, that they did last year. Because I, I mean, I was thoroughly entertained that whole press conference. Yeah, hundred percent. And that was the thing. It was like, it, there's nothing better, Eddie, than E3 press conferences right as the lights go down. The, you know, like where you, whether you're streaming, whether you're watching, whatever. But like lights going down the crowd going crazy and then like here we go Mm because it's finally happening you've been thinking about it for like if you're us months at a time you know what i mean and like but then that week that pre-show that everything and finally getting there and then it starts and you don't know what's going to happen yeah it's awesome and that's why it's so interesting to see yeah playstation last year had so many crazy ass announcements they did it the year before that too Mm -hmm. and so like then xbox i still feel is like in this spot that they got to deliver on two fronts here's why you you, you ha- own an Xbox One? Great. Here are some great games for it, and you, here's why you should buy a Scorpio. And to get that all in one press conference is going to be really tough. But. I'm really intrigued to see what this press conference is going to be all about, and how much is of the show is dedicated to what. Yeah. And also, um, what people's reaction is. And and on the flip side, I want to see what games Nintendo has, because uh, I'm a longtime Nintendo fan. Yeah. First party games in particular. I. I want to see what they've got coming. 100%. I, I'm, I'm excited. Because, hey, Nintendo, you have a hit on your hands, and you've brought in a lot of people back. How are you going to keep them here? Yeah, exactly. This is a PlayStation show, Jeremy. Come on. Yeah, man. I know. Sorry. Over here, Apology I don't, I don't get to talk to anybody. <laughs> Apology I'm in meetings in. all the time. To, just like you can at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. The cues for questions. We will never answer them again. Uh, Apology says, hi, Greg and Jeremy. Hi. With E3 on the horizon, what are some of your favorite and least favorite PlayStation conference moments? Could be any of them. E3, PSX, TGS, new console, et cetera, et cetera. Or even beyond the stuff that's happened on the live stage. RIP, XOXO, apology. P.S. Thank you for all the great PlayStation coverage over the years. A huge part of what makes the PlayStation community special is what you guys brought to it. Can't wait to see what you cook up next. Favorite wow. conference memories? I have a lot. Uh, I think my... Uh, so... Do you want me to go a lot or just give you one? Go for it, man. Uh, my first PlayStation conference ever that I went to was a, a big deal. That was my first year on the PlayStation team. That was in 2002. And just being able to sit there and be... That was the first press conference I ever got to attend for any system. Even though yeah. I worked on the Dreamcast channel, I, I never went to any of the, the Sega events. Uh, that was fantastic. That always sticks out to me as, as a, a, a point. The, two, the, the 2005 PlayStation 3 press conference... I fanboyed out at that one. I, Ivan Sulich was uh, working working for uh, the PlayStation Channel, and he wasn't there. And this is before Wi-Fi and all yeah. these other things. So anytime anything happened, I'd have to text him, which wasn't working so well because of the reception, or I'd have to call him. And, you know, and as there, all these different games are showing up on the screen, I'm on the phone. It looks magnificent. It's eight days and it's fantastic, and it never came out. Yeah, yeah. But it was all—it was just that moment of game after game after game, and yeah. everything looked so amazing on PlayStation Three of all systems. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I—that stuck out to me as uh, just—I don't know. I still remember it very clearly, just how much fun I had at that show. Sure. And I remember Jen Clark. She was uh, a few seats in front of me, and she kept looking at me, just like shaking her head, like, "What's happening?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I'm yeah, yeah. Like, That's amazing. Uh, sorry, I got away from the mic. Uh, and then uh, last year's actually was uh, really stuck out to me because uh, I liked the format so much. Yeah. And I also, at the, t- at the same time, got to catch up with a lot of old friends there. Uh, David Clayman and Eric Brodvig yep. were uh, right there and sitting right next to me. So it was really nice to, to just to see them and experience the press conference together because uh, up until that, they were always on the Xbox beat or the Insider beat yeah, yeah, yeah. when we were at IGN together. And so we never went to a PlayStation press conference together. So that was really nice. Um, now, that's my favorite press conference moment. In terms of PlayStation moments, there are countless ones, but 
what what are your uh conference i mean it's funny my 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 first playstation conference was gdc and it was like i'd been at work a day and mm-hmm. then we went to gdc the next week uh week and it was that it was the phil harrison game 3.0 where it was home and little big planet and uh sing star all debuted you know what i mean mm-hmm. like nobody had seen any of that stuff and i remember being in the audience for this and it's like oh this is what i've always dreamed of and then i was like <laughs> holy shit sing star <laughs> i can't wait to play that home looks weird i don't know if this little big planet crap is but sing star can't fucking wait to play that uh and then yeah like the e3 ones are always awesome you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i think of the one where uh there's a great it was i i remember it well i think because we put it on instagram we i never used instagram at the time but there was the one of uh Colin and I took a selfie of us like mystified walk because it was that one where everything was going so great and then they detoured into Book of Spells in the move shit and they just uh, like yeah. we're like what the fuck why did you do this and then they tried to get the momentum back and you never could um, there's that I like the there was of course the time that uh, we landed it was um, I, the final IGN year for us I believe and we had landed and uh, I got a text from Jen Clark and it was hey mm-hmm. You don't mind if Shu uses a photo of you in the presentation tomorrow, do you? I'm like, fuck no, we're, that's awesome. Go for it. <laughs> to which I thought it was going to be a mosaic of like a million photos. I had no idea what it was going mm-hmm. to be. And instead it was like Shu when he came out. And first off, because this is like when PlayStation was really delivering, right? When it was like, hey, we already, they'd already had the February thing. We're about games again. They were letting Shu and Adam be funny and do all their different things. And Shu came out and he was talking about how he's like, I'm kind of the de facto community manager for PlayStation because of my Twitter. And then he, they threw up the photo that was me calling and Goldfarb with shoe out drinking and it was like our the tweet or whatever and like uh, the IGN war room erupted because I didn't tell anybody it was coming erupted and I I you know me I'm a pretty shameless human being I I was one of the few times in my life where I felt all the blood go to my face because I just blushed so hard because just like everyone was going nuts and like grabbing and shaking me like it was like what the fuck how are you on the fucking thing right now the podcast beyond guys of like being cemented that was a really cool special moment for us yeah yeah. there is there is one more uh, Sony moment if you don't mind uh, it's my first day at Zipper Interactive when I was uh, right. when I became a Sony employee. I think that was a really nice moment. And when I sat down and uh, they they gave me my office and I I went in there and when I was wait as soon as I sat down waiting for me was a, a PlayStation shirt. Oh yeah. And I'm not I don't wear game shirts. I've never been a big game shirt wearer, but just having that there waiting for me. I don't know. That was like a big moment for you me. I, I work at a game developer. Yeah. And uh, we only lasted couple years three three and a half years before sony shut it all down uh but uh, it was it was a really great moment and that also stands out to me as sort of like my defining stony moment on the other side uh post-release also playstation plus was pretty nice too yeah yeah, yeah. you've had a few playstation <laughs> yeah. memories since then too yeah uh next one on roper's report number three far cry 5 is officially getting teased uh there's gonna be a trailer debut for you friday uh, March, no, May. I can't remember what month it is. 26th. It's May. At, uh, and it, but right now it's all Hope County, Montana. These little teasers are out. It's set, so we know it's in America. It looks to be present day just mm-hmm. by everybody running around doing their thing. We'll see what that's all about. Yeah. But Far Cry 5 in the U.S., how do you feel about that? Uh, I think that's cool. I, th- yeah. I, I always feel uh, a kinship to games that take place in places that I recognize. Yeah. It just feels more real to me. Yeah. Uh, and I know people in the office. I was actually on the plane on the way over here. We're talking about the fact that that's the move, the game that everyone's in, really interested in, yeah. and the game that they're talking about this week. So, uh, I, there's a, there's a good buzz at the Sanex office about about that game in particular. I'm I'm really interested to see uh, what's going to be new about it. Yeah, how are they going to? Because you know this is a, a game we were talking on uh, talking about earlier. 
the challenge of having iterative games year after year, how do you improve upon them in a meaningful way? And yeah. I'm really curious, especially coming off of Far Cry 4 and Far Cry Primal, how is it going to be different? That's my my big questions. I'm I'm really interested. Me too. Uh, I mean, I love Far Cry Four. Love Far Cry Three. Far Cry Primal. I played for a while. It was good. Mm -hmm. It was just something else took me away. And so this one, it's just I'm going to be very interested to see how the Far Far Cry mechanics play into being in the U.S. in Montana. Of like, I need a bigger wallet. So I punch all these cows to death and then you know craft <laughs> a wallet build a wall yeah. out of yeah. <laughs> like just the normal <clears throat> crazy like what who's going to be the honey badger in Montana that I'm fighting? You know what I mean? Because that was yeah. always such a thing in the crazy characters and the death and it'll be weird. It's going to be interesting, but yeah, I can't wait to see Friday what they have. Uh, similarly, not really, for <laughs> Lawbreakers is coming to PlayStation 4. Yep. Uh, Boss Keys game. I did a video over there with them. Full disclosure, not that I'm saying the game's good or bad. I played it. It was good. Uh, but I, it's interesting that it's making a jump to PlayStation 4. Yep. And, being a PC game. And 30 sure. bucks. Yeah, 30 bucks is great. And like that was the thing when I was talking to uh, Cliff about it where I, I asked him, like, you know, like, what's the price point? And he's like, 30 bucks. Like... He he was interesting of you know because Cliff always has like people toss so much bravado his way mm -hmm. and have this like thing of Cliffy B but it being like you know we we want this game to look like a triple A game but we feel like we're double A you know that we're you know that we're not we're a small studio we're making our first real game here to, uh, with these folks like it's multiplayer only like we're not out to sit here and be like mm -hmm. this is what it's got to be I think he's taking the right I think he's taking the right uh, approach to uh, his updates for the game and the price point he's going with at the very least. Uh, and I say that because it's very similar to what Psyonix has done. And so yeah. we, you know, obviously we agree with the philosophy of all updates are going to be free and, and we're going to be a nice affordable price point. I think those are the right building blocks to start with a new IP in particular. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously he's proven himself throughout the years with lots of games, a ton yeah. of them. Uh, and actually he's really, uh, he's really good friends with our CEO, Dave Haywood. Um, they worked at Epic way back when together. That's where Dave came from. Gotcha. And, uh, Dave is, uh, has, has, been aware of the game for a while and so I've, from everything i understand it looks pretty good yeah uh i'm i haven't seen it personally but i'd like to yeah <laughs> well we'll hook you up go to e3 right, thanks uh yeah no I'll release date on it yet but so maybe it'll even be out by e3 maybe. probably won't be but maybe maybe it'll be one of those surprise things where it's like and it's here yeah. right now, now. it's yeah. available now there hasn't cool. been one of those in a while has there there have been at the things but they're always like yeah. Small, you know what I mean? Yeah, ex exactly right they're never like remember that one they did at the playstation press conference that was uh in, intertwined, untwined, with the one that was like a flying Oh, entwined. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's Vita and PS4. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. I was like, yeah, I got it. They'll do one. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I remember thinking that was going to be the big thing from here on out, that it was going to be, and now, and like it really has the only one. Off, <laughs> the really there's, been. there's been others, but I mean like, here's this beta, here's this thing available right now kind of thing. Yeah. Number five. Sad news, Jeremy. Uh-oh. Voice actor, John Sagan. Known for his role as Solid as Snake in Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty has died. He was 63. Sagan passed away on Saturday, May 13th after battling cancer. He was also, uh, he was uh, on the commish, which mm -hmm. I hadn't thought about in forever, but that, that Michael Chiklis tweeted yep. about it, and that's been making the rounds. He's also a voice in Cars. He was voicing, he's, he did a bunch of other voice over work, but for our audience, obviously, Metal Gear Solid 2. That's really sad. I yeah. don't have anything to add to that out of respect for the, for the man, uh, because I don't, I don't really know anything additional about it. But sure. having, um, it's always rough when you lose someone, especially, uh, especially when you they voice an iconic character, yeah, or a series of iconic characters. Um, but my my condolences to his family. Hundred percent had a through in there. You know what I mean? Metal Gear yeah. Solid Two, such a, a pivotal game for me, let alone yeah. for so many of us. I know that was making the rounds. Uh, as we said earlier, number six, Destiny Two is officially has a release date, September eighth. 
2017. What did you play Destiny one? Uh, very little. Yeah, but I did. I played a little bit. Yeah. Okay. You, you did any of this get you moving at all? Get you thinking about it? No. I mean, I, the when I see big game releases, I actually I find myself analyzing them strategically. Like, mm-hmm. is that the right move? Is is should should we consider anything like this? You know, how does gotcha. that compare to other games? Um, Destiny is a type of game that I would enjoy if I had more time. Yeah. Um, but because I don't, I I wasn't able to get into it. With someone like say Fran. Oh, For God, example, Fran Mirabella, uh, our mutual friend who loves that game and yeah. lives it really. Yes, hundred um, percent. But I mean, I, I, trial runs. <laughs> I think uh, I think to me, like, from a business standpoint, the coolest thing about them uh, from as a business is moving to Blizzard. Mm, for that, I yeah, mean, because yeah. uh, they don't have. To, I mean, if you think about it, when uh, you you release a game on any of the first parties, they take about thirty percent of of your. Um, all, all money they bring in automatically, sure. and in this way, they own it 100%. So from a business move, that's a great move for them. And uh, uh, the game itself, I think one of the things that, that, that they're going to have to worry about is how much scrutiny they're going to come over, come under for how much they're going to allow you to do from or bring over from one to two. Mm. There's already uh, a little bit of apprehension from the folks that, uh, that I know that play the game. Um, but they love the game, and they're going to buy two anyway. So yeah, exactly. I, I think it'll be like a momentary lapse. I'm like, nope. Okay, let's go buy it. I, you know, I played Destiny One when it first dropped for a while, and I got to I forget level 24 or something like that. And what it was one of those things where you're talking about though, where mm-hmm. went away to a PAX or something for a weekend and came back, and people had already started doing the raids and stuff. And then it was like, eh, I got to try to catch up, and I didn't catch up, and I bounced. And then for the DLC, like Taken King, I came back and popped around for a while. I was like, all right, cool. But again. You talk to Fran and like Brennan, like they're yep. they're speaking another fucking language when they talk about it. It's like, well, this train is really passed me by, guys. I'm like, oh my god, I'll see you later. But I don't want to patrol the moon by myself. Every time Fran's online, he's playing Destiny. Yeah, every time. Yeah, and so that's the thing of like, I got to play Destiny two at LA last week for mm-hmm. Judges Week and at the at the event or whatever. It felt good. It felt like more Destiny. I like the idea that they say like the story trailer they showed and the narrative they talked about seems great. I played through that whole opening. I was like, okay, cool. And the maps actually being populated and having things to go do on your own. I'm gonna give it a shot. I think I think I'll stick around again for a while. It'll just be trying to find a group that I I, I it's always that thing where. Uh, kids will tweet me and they'll be like, hey, uh, you, you mentioned you want to get back into Destiny. You want to do this? I'll gladly pull you through the raids. And I'm always like, that doesn't sound fun. I don't want to be pulled through. I want like what I really loved recently, not even that recently more, but a few months ago, I went back and platinum to the division and I went back and I was playing with Fran again. And it yeah. was that Fran and I left off at a very similar spot. So we both jumped back in at the same time and both didn't know what the fuck we were doing and learning and talking to each other. Like, wait, how did you do that? Oh, and design. like yep. craft this, do that. But it's never as much fun to have like Alfredo just grab me and like, Shut up. I was like, I don't know how my All gun right, works. You just leveled up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, you're level capped now. Go do yeah. whatever you want. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. So hopefully if I can get in on the wave one right away with Destiny and Go, it'll be fun. I think the key, though, is that it is what you said. And sometimes it's used too much as a pejorative, but it's that it plays like Destiny. That's important, right? Yeah. At least it feel. At least it felt familiar, and you didn't feel like it was so different that uh, you had to learn something new and it threw you off. That's always good. I think that people forget that it's always good that it feels the same. It doesn't feel vastly different, which uh, I've I've experienced a few times with sequels I was really looking forward to that changed too much yep. uh, just for the sake of doing it. Um, so I, I think that if it feels like Destiny and it has a lot of these new, a, a ton of new features from everything I've read, they're adding a ton. Yeah. That is a, a definitely a good start for them. Well, on the on the ride over there, I was talking to Austin Walker about it, and it was that like, well, what do you want out of this? And I was like, I don't know more. And he's like, that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, what? And then, so then I was afterwards like, 
it feels like Destiny 1.5, right? And he's like, yeah, but that's not a bad thing. I'm like, no, I don't mean it's a bad thing. It's quality of life improvements is what mm-hmm. he kept saying. And it is like, all right, fans. And that, that was the thing of being in that audience that was like fans, right? Like there were people like us there that were journalists or press or whatever you want to enthusiast media, professional yeah. fans. Professional but then there fans. were the ones who were like, I have the Destiny podcast and this is the Destiny, other Destiny podcast. Like all mm-hmm. these people there that were like cosplaying and totally fucking into it. Like they were popping for everything. I was like, all right, it sounds yeah. like it's get, you're getting the what you want. If, if they're happy, then the yeah. community will be happy. Uh, a new Dragon Age is coming. Eurogamer uh, sat down and spoke with Alexis Kennedy, who had the following to say. He's a writer. Uh, he's a writer who got hired over there. Turns out he's writing the new Dragon Age. Uh, quote, there are huge differences between all of that and what I'm working on at Bioware, uh, which I can now legitimately say is in the Dragon Age franchise, although it has been known for a while. Uh, notionally, it was a secret, but because of who I was working with, everyone who cared knew. And then the day I started, Mark Dareth, uh, executive producer on the Dragon Age franchise, tweeted saying, welcome to the Dragon Age franchise. So I thought, well, I guess that's official now then. <laughs> How video games get announced now <laughs> yep. in 2017. Yeah, what's happening? No surprise, right? I don't think anybody thought Dragon Age was dead. I didn't realize the last Dragon Age left so many people sour. Where Me either. It was a thing where it's like talk uh, when um, Mass Effect Andromeda hit and people mm-hmm. started talking about it and I was paying attention and talking or reading more, I guess, more about Bioware. It was like so many people were put off by the last one. I was like, oh, I thought people really liked it, but I didn't realize it was that to a point where people thought it might be in jeopardy or whatever. I wonder if it's a little bit of... Um a little bit of revisionist history too sure. because of the mass effect reaction and on top of the fact that the you know when you you have a certain number of sequels it you start to get this kind of feeling amongst the games press in particular where it's just like well here it is again yeah. and there's that level of excitement isn't as isn't quite what it would be for fans i think the the real the real question and i i don't know what these numbers are so this is just a, a guess but i think the real question to see how well it was received is how well did it sell compared to the last ones? And yeah. were people still playing it after a, a long amount of time? I think that's the real uh, the giveaway. I think the fact that they're making another one shows it was is received well enough to make another one. Yeah. So I think that um, uh, I think that at least they have that to to, to rest on. I think. <clears throat> pardon me. I think one of the things that they do have to be mindful of, though, because of the uh, the divisive opinions of of Mass Effect. Um, in particular, yeah. you have to be really careful. I think when uh, when this comes out about just how much of how how much different and how similar it is going to be in the right ways, uh, and making sure that they can scratch the right itch for folks. Because I think now, especially on the heels of the mixed reactions to Mass Effect, there's going to be a lot of uh, I think heightened expectations for this, and maybe a lot of doubters coming in before anyone even knows anything about the game. Yeah, well, it's just interesting too. Like, I you know you keep talking about our decade of yeah. you know doing all this like. I always thought Dragon Age was going to be a bigger deal than it was. I remember when they announced it, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be huge. And then that reaction to the original Dragon Age was like, ah, it was almost there, but it wasn't. And then Dragon Age 2 came, and more people liked it, yeah. but it wasn't like a... And then Inquisition came and went, and it was... And then granted, I feel like as you go on that, there's just more and more and more games. Like, that was the problem, I guess, that the landscape got so much more crowded. But yeah. after Mass Effect and stuff like that, I was like, oh, this Dragon Age is really going to catch fire. I think you just have to, sometimes it's just about, are you in the right wave of consciousness, too, for what the, t- the sort of games that people are looking for right now? Uh, right now, we're at the top of the, or the pinnacle of the demand for sci-fi games. Yeah. Right? And so... Because sci-fi games are so heavy, is something that's more uh, medieval Renaissance sort of era going to be more well received now? Because it's not a sci-fi game, and maybe it'll maybe it'll be able to actually see more success because it's different from everything else that you're seeing right now. Yeah. Whereas Mass Effect was part of that sci-fi wave. Yeah. Um, 
I'll play it eventually. I'll stick it on that list of <laughs> four thousand <laughs> games to I touch to eventually to. one day in December. Yeah. I will. I will hit the buy button on it. I do that with a lot of games. Sure. Don't, $30. Yeah. Just, you know, come on. Yeah, come on. Get some support for these people. That's right. Number eight on Roper's Report. It's the April NPD numbers, <clears throat> and it was a good month for Persona. Mario Kart 8 won out with the number one slot, but then the following are ranked, obviously. So it's Mario Kart at number one, mm-hmm. Persona 5 number two, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, MLB 17 the show, as always, just trucking through there. So yep. San, San Diego. The only baseball game. Yep, I know. Well, one, one of the This is RBI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, this is the real one. Yeah. Uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands. Surprising. Grand Theft Auto V. Mass Effect Andromeda. NBA 2K17, which can never be fucking removed from the list. <laughs> Overwatch and Call of Duty Black Ops 2. I don't believe it. There's no Rocket League on there. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, this is just, it was just you know, NPDs. So, you know, they, you they, know why there's no Rocket League on there? Digital. No, it's not that because it's digital. It's because we... The if because uh, we don't subscribe to it, so uh, we're not a member. Gotcha. Um, so a lot of the a lot of the information you'd have them, they're not. Oh yeah, because they are counting digital now, aren't they? Yeah. Right. But that might change. Oh, yeah. Thinking about subscribing, huh? Thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Start clowning these people out. Yeah. Get in there. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, Black Ops Two. What are you doing on this list? Now, Black Ops Two, by the way, that is an amazing story. The fact that that game has so many years on it and continues to do well. Yeah particularly on the heels of the backwards compatibility on Xbox, that's really impressive. And I think that goes to show you that if you support a game and you have the right, the right niche, that you, can, you don't have to worry about releasing four other versions afterwards. I think, that, uh, to me, that's a testament to how good that game is and, and how much the, uh, the fans love it. Speaking of games, fans love Greg Way, number nine. <laughs> Life is Strange 2 is happening, uh, but it's not going to be at E3. Oh, no spoilers, please. Have you not finished Life is Strange? No, that's on my backlog. You son of a I'm, bitch. So Corey, our game director mm-hmm. at, at work, he loves that game. He, yeah. he thought it was fantastic, and he's been trying to get me to play it for, I don't know, it's a, really, a, I like a year a plus. I, I, I want to play it, but I just haven't gotten there yet. We'll get there soon. I don't, we don't know when it's coming. Not going to be at E3. It's in the works. They put up a video because they hit, what, three million copies, I think, moved to Life is Strange. Nice. And they said that. And then they put up a post. This is an uh, excerpt from it. We can indeed confirm that the original Life is Strange team at Don't Nod are working on a brand new Life is Strange game. Uh, we can't wait to tell you all about it when the time is right. But for now, we are hard at work ensuring it is the ve- very best we can create. So, interesting tease. Drop that out there. I like, I like that they said not at E3, so you don't, not, yeah. you're not going to be disappointed when it's not at E3. What if it's to throw you off, though, and it is at E3? And then, like, surprise. It's the David Jaffe move? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to E3. Twisted Metal Ice Cream Truck comes out. Drives you lying. One, yeah. You lying bastard. And then finally, <clears throat> as always, wrapping up Roper's Report, we have some release dates for you. Number 10 here. Uh, the Walking Dead, A New Frontier, Episode 5, is dropping May 30th. South Park, The Fractured Butthole is coming, apparently, <laughs> October 17th. And then Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown, delayed until 2018. Wow. Ace Combat's still kicking. Man. That game's been around for a long time. But good on them, man. They keep bringing them back. Yeah. It's in VR now, too. So, all right, cool. Yeah, that... So to me, I'm really interested to try that out because uh, uh, it's. I think the threshold between enjoying yourself and getting really sick is just just <laughs> the, it's, it's the right lines there. about this big. There. So I really like to. I really like to try that out. Can I ask you a question about of this? Of course you can. Because this is the final PS. I love you. Is that the also the last Roper report? Last Roper's report. Yeah. Yeah. So unless that comes back in well. some other thing, maybe one day. Who knows? Yeah. I know. Well, in the meantime, then, well, thank Kevin's you, Roper's pizza. Report. <laughs> thank you, Roper's Report, wherever you may land. Is that a cookie or a pizza? a pizza? Okay. Looking good. Can I have some water? Sure. Thanks. Do you want another, you want another Diet no, Coke? No, I'm good. I, I'm, You're milking it. You're making yeah, it last. I like that. One I appreciate sip at that. a time. I appreciate that. I refined way I just, I just guzzle that water. Don't worry about that. Nice. 
No, I'm good. Uh, Famous Custard wrote in to P.S. I Love You. He <clears throat> says, Hi, Greg and Jeremy. Hi. I was really bummed when Colin first left Kind of Funny, but over time I've come to accept that it's for the best. Sure, I'll miss seeing Colin and Greg together, but now you can go off and do the things you both want to do. And the morning show is funnier than it's ever been before. I am, however, left with one question. If I wanted to find out which games were coming to my favorite PlayStation platforms this week, where would I go now? You mean the... the oh, God, I can't remember this. We made it up every time. Yeah, it was just it's had a few things in it. Greg, Greg's list. Now, what I loved about the, the uh, uh, upcoming list of software coming to the PS4, PS3, PlayStation and Vita, and PlayStation Vita, and sometimes VR, sometimes PSP by software by the kind of funny co-founders, co-founders right. is that there was a, another Beyond Lineage in there. Is that Clements wrote it every week? Yeah, because all we did was read the drop. It was very lazy. Yeah. it was. It's probably. I mean, this is a lazy show to begin with. But this is the laziest segment of the show. And I remember when he was on uh, paternity leave too. You yeah. guys were like, I don't. Not what's do coming what out. What do we do? I don't know what's coming. <laughs> Now, in bad news, in, because this is real bad news here. Oh, okay. In bad news, in terms of horrible timing, for the final upcoming list, Clements's post for the drop this week is like, hey, in the lead up to E3, these might be bare for a while. We'll go back to the old oh, format man. eventually. So there's no terrible descriptions to read. So it's like, I just have names of games. So that's what you got to <laughs> ride out this segment for the last time, unless I bring it back somewhere else. You could do, um, do a Rorschach where you can try to figure out what kind of game they okay, are. Okay, okay. Well, well, the first few are pretty obvious. We'll, when we get down here, we'll get to them. ACA, Neo Geo, The Last Blade. I bought that. PS4 Digital Out, yep. 525. I'm a big fighting game fan. AC, ACA, Neo Geo, World Heroes 2 PS4 oh, Digital, nice. out 525. I will buy that. Bugs Box PS4 Digital. What do you think Bugs Box is all about? Bugs it's all box. one word intercapped. Bugs box. Uh, I would imagine that's a game where you're playing as a bug and maybe you either need to kill bugs or you are just or you are a bug and you need to expand your terror. I have no idea. It could be you're collecting bugs and putting them in a box. Yeah, that's a good. That, that could be something. Idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if you, I see. Box. Yeah, if it was on Vita, I would say it would be a touchscreen game where the bugs are crawling mm-hmm. in. You got to tap and put them in the box. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That'd be easy platinum, and I'd be for it. Uh, Deloriant. Deliriant? Deliriant? Deliriant. Deliriant is coming to PlayStation 4 digitally. God damn it, Clements. Sounds like a shooter. Embers of Miram, <laughs> PlayStation 4 digitally. Eternal Ring, PlayStation 2 classic, PlayStation yeah, 4 digitally. I remember that game. Uh, Friday the 13th, the game, PS4 digitally, out 526. I'm, I'm hopeful. That I'm feels hopeful. like it'll be a fun Let's Play game for us all to play. To jump in and do yeah. a bunch of Friday Thirteenth things. Does it let you set up your own? Uh, can you do your own private matches, or do you have to I play have to a public server? I have to imagine you could. Mm. I mean, I have to imagine. Well, let me, Please, yeah. Let me know when you're going to play. I will. You're getting on PS4, right? Of course. Okay. Get Even's going to be on PlayStation Four digitally. The tra- did you see the trailer for that? No, I don't. I, so I've I seen don't the trailer. Okay. This is like a survival horror esque type game, uh, at least from what I could I could surmise from the trailer. It looks like a very uh, and it looks like a very Japanese survival horror game. Okay. And it might not be, but it looks it looks that way. A lot of uh, innuendo, but not a lot of specific plot points in the trailer. Has kind of that, um, kind of that, do you remember the Haunting Ground? Do you remember that game? No. Uh, well, if you did, <laughs> it remind you of that a little bit, I think. Okay. Maybe. Perhaps. Uh, Guilty Gear X Ard Rev 2. It's Zerd. Well, I mean, that's not how it is. It's, it's, it looks like third, <laughs> but it's X or yeah, my wife's going to play that one. Really? Yeah. Fighting game. PS4. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's so big fan of this. Oh, yeah. Plays Digital retail. Kung Fury Street Rage P- PlayStation Vita out the 25th digitally. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Plantera, not Pantera. Plantera. PS Digital. No Cowboys PS from Vita Hell. Digital. Portal Knights, PlayStation 4 digitally. I've actually seen key art for Portal Knights, so that's a real game. Good I've, to know. Seen, I've seen that one too. Isn't there another version too? Like there's a, a, um, a special edition that comes with extra content on it? I thought I saw that. Probably. When I was going through the upcoming games list. Yeah. yeah. Poxnora, PS4. Puzzle mm-hmm. Showdown 4K PS4. Rhyme, PlayStation 4 and retail. Or it's, it is retail. Long time coming on I that know, one. right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I was surprised. Rhyme, of course, you know, has a thing, a whole story behind it of it was a PlayStation exclusive. They came in and took away the dev kits because <laughs> it wasn't good enough. I'm like, okay. I saw that at Day of the Devs during GDC. Is that true or is that the speculation? I think it was that they took them away. It was, it was true that that happened, but I don't think it was as angry as people made it out to be. <laughs> that give, they, us, give us a fucking dev kit, you yeah. lying ass motherfuckers. That's Tequila Works, right? Am I getting that right? Rhyme developer? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. I, I don't know. You just say, yeah, it's probably I'm true. I'm agreeing with you because you would know better than I am. See... Oh. I've, I've been, I've really been gone right from the media side, so now I don't know anything about well, a see, game like, until it comes out. There's a lot of reasons. That you don't get me wrong. I miss Colin around here. But yeah. he was the human computer. Yeah. Where I'd be like that. Now, granted, Colin would be the same thing. I'd be like, that's, uh, he, Colin would say something. I'd be like, is that correct? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> that was always the biggest thing. He's usually right. So I, he's like, whatever. I used to have some of those qualities, but as I get older, yeah. I forget more and more. Like, I don't even remember what time I got here today. Tequila works. All right. I was right over there. Tequila yeah. Works. Yeah, 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 well done. Uh... Yeah, anyways, saw it at uh, uh, Day of the Devs at uh, GDC, and I thought it looked really cool. And it was, I got there late, they were already in the middle of their demo, so I was just watching, and then mm-hmm. at the end, like, he's like, that's Rhyme. I was like, oh, this is the game everybody was worried about for a while? That's fine, don't worry. I mean, hopefully, we'll see. Maybe it's a complete garbage pile. <laughs> you never know. You never know what we're going to get, but what I saw looked interesting. And that's the Greg Miller endorsement. Samurai Warriors Spirit of Sanda, or Sananda, PS4, detail route. Sananda. Sanada. Sananda. Sanada. PS4. Uh, Smugglecraft, PS4 digital. Everybody putting the craft Sweet. in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Spellspire, PS4, PS Vita, digital cross-buy. Star Ocean, till the end of time, PS2 classic, PS4. I reviewed digital. that game for IGN. What'd you give it? Uh, 8.9, I think. Really? Oh. It was high. Okay. Or 9.9. I don't know. I didn't really give it 9.9. I, I liked it, though. I remember that much. Now here, and this is the, I, I can't say it's pick of the week, but definitely title of the week. Utawerumano, what? Mask of Deception. <laughs> Utawerunano. Utawerumano. Mask of Despair. Deception, damn it. PS4 and PS Vita, digital and retail. Sweet. I do miss the descriptions. Those were fun. Yeah, right. And then you guys would talk about how you need to do them yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I could have written some great ones for you. Clements, <laughs> hit me up next time. I'll that could be out. like a new thing, though, where they leave them blank and now you mad lib it. So you just come up with a bunch of different well, there was the, explanations. Like, that was the, you were I mean, that was another one of my favorite segments where when Colin would uh, read the description and then leave off like a word, and then yeah. I tried to guess what it was. And I, I was I was I like, like dangerously yeah. close so many times, like how fucking horrible <laughs> write-ups are for all this crap. <laughs> uh, it's time for trophy time because we already did the topic of the show. Sweet. Uh, looking over here at Exoface, seeing what they got. Special delivery for the PlayStation Four. This kind of looks like a Paperboy clone. From the the graphics, I don't know if that's what it, really what it would be here. Oh wow, that does look like a right. Paper boy Collect clone. ten newspaper yeah. pickups. Well, I'm already interested now. Yeah, it's got a platinum, of course. Hell yeah, it does. If it's hard like Paperboy, though, it could put some people off. So hopefully, it's tuned a little bit for the current. I was going to say it's 2017. It'll yeah. definitely, they'll definitely not be fine about that. Complete all deliveries on in downhill section of breaking news without using brakes. Well, now we got to look up breaking news video game trailer. You know what I mean? 
Breaking news. All right, let's see what video. it is. Though mm -hmm. it won't be break when this, this know, airs this in is... two days, right? No, this it goes up tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, well, shit. Breaking news isn't a great, you know, it's all the video game websites. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't good SEO at all. <laughs> Breaking news game trailer? Breaking news game? I think part of the problem is if it's breaking news, it's just, it yeah, can video. be anything. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, we'll look into that harder. Yeah. But yeah. Well, it's, wait, hold on. Oh, the Platinums. The Platinum is called Breaking News. The game is oh, called Special Delivery. Okay. Hold on. We're trying again. Do they have one called Like This Just In? Some of the other cliches? I'm sure they do. That'd be good. That, that's Here we go. I, that's what I would do. What the fuck? Special Delivery is a PSVR game. Oh, wow. A PSVR game when I'm delivering newspapers. Damn right, it's rated nice. T for teen. If you thought delivering newspapers was easy, I'm going to read you the trailer. You haven't delivered to this neighborhood. And then it's very basic looking. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm in. It, it is like Paperboy, just in VR. At first person Paperboy. All right. Hell yeah. Hell it yeah. It doesn't look easy, though. Yeah. It looks like it might hmm. might challenge you. Maybe. Kevin, I know we're playing tomorrow. Playing special delivery on PlayStation VR. We got all set up. I know we do. All right, cool. I mean, yeah. Okay, that looks, that looks like... I mean, it looks basic as fuck, but that looks fun. I'll give it a now, try. Now I really want to know. Let's see how... Papers, Please is one of the trophies. How about okay. that? Accident prone, sure. Tree killer. Tree killer three, throw 1,500 newspapers. That seems like a lot. But I'm sure there's going to be a section where I can just go pop, pop, pop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gnome news is good news. Unless they limit how many newspapers you have. Mm. See, they're coming to get you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Demolition man or a woman. Respect your elders. Human speed bump. Oh. All right, well. Node this just in. No, no. <laughs> So when, a missed opportunity, right. a rare one there. Do the expansion; missed. they can throw it in there. Broken Ages trophies are getting updated or something. Why is that on here? What happened to Broken Age trophies? Broken Age been out forever, right? Oh yeah, it's been in Vita too. I don't understand. I'll have to look into it. All right, so nothing. No, no games of note. These are the quality segments that we're gonna. You're gonna miss. To bring you're you. all gonna miss these, right? <laughs> what is? I don't Special know. Special delivery. <laughs> what is this thing? Hey, let me narrate a trailer I'm watching. Kind of <laughs> funny. They can't see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do have a question for Trophy Time though from Dark Griffin. <laughs> hey, Greg and Jeremy. Hey. This being the last PSI love you, I thought I would ask about the future. In particular, the future of trophies. Being an avid trophy hunter, I recently hit 44 stars and go. And I recently hit 44 stars and going to eclipse 13,000 trophies soon. Wow. I've spent a lot of time wondering when and if the trophy system will be obsolete. The Switch is sustaining without an achievement system, and the top trophy hunters claim Sony pays them no attention. So please, enlighten me like you used to do each and every week on PSI Love You XOXO. Just where do we go from here with our shiny PSN profile of stats? Thanks for everything you guys do. Thanks for every podcast, and here's the future. Jensen West. There's no way they get up, so they're, they're going obsolete. I mean, you just look at look at Exoface, look at PSN profiles, look yeah. at true trophies, true achievements. There's a massive, uh, massive community around the collection of these, and uh, achievements are now in practically every Steam game that you play. Uh, I, to me, I, I would argue that just because Switch doesn't have them, doesn't mean it's the end of the. Uh, <laughs> doesn't mean it's the end of the practice. I think sure. that's just something that a lot of people wish the Switch would have. Yeah. Um, I, I don't I don't see it going away. I think it's something that's now ingrained as a part of gaming culture just as much as a controller and uh, yelling at each other is. I just, before this filmed, uh, the Ask Kind of Funny any, Games Anything video that'll go up at the end of the month on sa the last Saturday, which I guess since I did it, it's probably this Saturday. Is that right? 
Kevin's on his phone. He is. Uh, <laughs> and the, the question came up about how, man, why switch? It was like it was three things this guy thought Switch was doing wrong, and one of them being the lack of an achievement system. Mm-hmm. And when the Switch got announced and then we said there wasn't one, I was like, oh, that's kind of stupid. But it's like, it honestly hasn't affected me, number one, because I'm not like you. I can only commit to one. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I like my PSN trophies. Xbox, I'll play an Xbox game and I'll never even think to look at the Chivos because I just don't care. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so then playing it on Switch where there's just no option, it kind of is liberating freeing in a way where it is like, I'm just going to play Zelda. I'm just going to do it. I'm not, I'm, I don't feel like the reward is in the game, which I know is a stupid thing to say, but it is like, I love Mario Kart. I play so much Mario Kart and it is to that point now of like grinding out coins where I do come out and it's like, oh fuck, I popped something great. What is it? You know what I mean? Or yeah. knowing that if I go and get all the gold, you know, wheels and cart and Mario and all that jazz, that's like an achievement to wear online and show off to people and stuff to that effect. No, I actually agree with the idea that it's it's probably very liberating not to have them because I think that that actually my my pursuit for trophies and achievements, personally speaking, gets in my way to be able to sit down and just play something mm-hmm. nonstop at only that game for X amount of time. I think yeah. I'd be able to spend a lot more time with games if I didn't have this strange obsession. But I also think that um, it's now an expected feature for most video game systems and yeah. platforms. And I think that moving away from it uh, will probably do more harm than good now. I don't think that there'd be a collective like, oh, finally... I think it would be re- received in a much different way and that why did you take this away? This was a meta game that we yeah. really enjoyed doing. And that's the thing is I don't think they're going to be irrelevant. I don't think they're going to be removed from PlayStation 5 or whatever comes next. I do think, I don't know if Sony's ever going to double down and care more about them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, th- I think it's a nice tip of the hat when they send out those, uh, you're, you're part of the 0.01% that got the Platinum and Bloodborne emails, right? That's a cool pat on the back for people who actually got that. Um, yeah, I think it'd be awesome, of course, that if they gave discounts based on it or if they gave you exclusive access based on what trophy level you have and all that jazz but they haven't done it and they've never promised they're going to do that and it's just something we all like and like that's the thing i was talking about in the video too it's just like you know i recently hit level 30 for trophies and like getting it there was a nice round number and it's like i'm not saying i'm done with trophies by any stretch of the imagination mm-hmm. but it is like ah cool like you know what i mean like when you like 25 was great and then like 27 was like ah and 28 you're like ah you know what i mean like and then 29 i was at forever it felt like and so to go play coffin dodgers to get the platinum to push it a little bit <laughs> is further. Is that the one that got you to 30? No, 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 okay. no. I got I popped it uh doing a let's play with somebody. I forget what it was. Um it, you know, but it's a nice little move of like, okay, cool, like that's good for me and I think that's part of it too where I think my trophy obsession ebbs and flows. Like I always mm-hmm. care, you know, special delivery. I want to know oh this game doesn't look bad. Let me see the trophies. Like that's always going to be there, but it ebbs and flows in terms of like there we're, you know, weeks at a time where it was like, I'm going to play a different game every night here and try mm-hmm. to crank through a few. And like, you know, when Colin was really down the rabbit hole on it and that's all he would do, like, okay, like, okay. But even he's, you know, he's way backed off, obviously, because he does his history stuff now. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm just playing other stuff that I want to play. It can really uh, bring attention to games, though. I mean, the Taco 100%. Master you were going on about and you, you really liked it and it grabbed your attention originally because it had a platinum attached to the smaller game, right? Right. Yeah. And so, and then when you were talking about it, it made me play it. And then, we got the chart, baby. It charted on PSN that, <laughs> it, that month. And it, you know what? It was fun. And yeah. I never, ever would have touched it had I not heard that it had a platinum. Yep. And that is what interested me. And I enjoyed it the whole way through. And then when I was done playing the game, I gave it to my daughters, and they played it. And they had a great time. And so I think that um, when you have an opportunity to get people to play your game in a different way or various other ways than what you think the typical person will play, that's just a bonus. I don't, I don't think those are ever going to go away. I think that we're stuck with them. In my opinion, for the better. Agreed. Um, and it's just it's just certain personality types like mine that uh, 
can sometimes get obsessed with the system, but I think it's I think it's better for games. Since since the achievement systems have come in since 2005, I think uh, games feel more rewarding when you complete them, at least for me. No, me too. 100%, 100%. I feel the exact same way. Uh, let's jump into Reader Mail. Reader Mail. Milkle. Maelstrom. Maelstrom. <laughs> Our favorite one. Um... We'll start with Real Radic 13. Oh, first off, too, as always, shout out to Jericho for gathering these up on the forums. He did it every week for us. And I I always well had done. it on my notes. Reader mail, thanks, Jericho. I've hit it 15% of the time thanking him as we <laughs> stumbled into it and I was putting questions everywhere and doing stupid stuff. Uh, Real Radic 13 says, hey, Jeremy and Greg. What Hello. were some of your favorite memories of doing podcasts with uh, the other guests, uh, ho- with the other hosts slash guests? Favorite Jim Riley, Jeff Haynes, Clements, etc. Memories after a decade of doing this yearly of some great moments with these people talking about PlayStation. Thanks, Bart from Toronto. My favorite podcast memories are actually almost all post podcast beyond, and when I've gotten to come on this show with you guys and uh, both catch up and be able to talk in a way that I don't normally get to sp- to speak anymore because. Mm. Because I'm on the development side sure. and I'm not on the media side, those have actually been my favorite podcasts that I've ever been on. Are uh, I think the four that I've been with with uh, you guys now is yeah four. That's awesome. Those those have been my favorite because I get to see you guys and um, it just feels it feels like it means more now because I'm not doing it every week. Right, you, you can't take it for granted. Yeah, and yeah. it just it they it's more interesting to me just to see what you w- want to talk about and I get to share my opinion with someone other than. My board coworkers, you're like, yeah, we've heard the story a million times. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get back to yeah, uh, making yeah, this game. We'll yeah, talk to you later. Yeah, make go sell some copies. Uh, but it, so for me, it's it's been this last few years when I've been able to That's come awesome. back on your show. Oh, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, there's a million, obviously. I mean, for me, I, it's all I do is podcast. So yeah. it's, it's a never ending treasure trove of things. Uh, it, for me, I always like it when it's something I'm not necessarily a part of if that makes sense like i i was always a big fan of uh panda must used to do those breakouts of beyond where he'd animate a segment uh-huh. and he and like when i'm not on the show it was rare that i would have time to go back and host it or whatever so those would be like a glimpse into like the world moving on without me and me not knowing that was happening of like he did the great one of uh where goldfarb's eating an apple Goldfarb's eating an apple while podcasting with Clements and Colin. And Colin like, mm-hmm. loses his mind of why are you eating? And he's eating it into the microphone. Stupid <laughs> stuff like that. And the old Beyond stuff of like Undertaker <clears throat> punching through a wall. I always like that one. The drunk Beyond we did, oh, which yeah. sounds so quaint now, but at the time, nobody ever gotten <laughs> drunk on a podcast. And we were like, we accept the challenge. And kids sent us booze. And we we're like, ah, we're being stupid <laughs> idiots. And then, yeah, I mean, like all the live ones, whether it was a, you know, live Beyond, if it was a live panel, if it was live uh, PS I Love UXO, stuff like yeah, the, everything. That's always yeah. great. You know what I mean? And obviously, it's always been. And like, this is a, a weird one. Because this is like beyond, obviously, when we did the final beyond, devastated. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is just another day of work because I know what's next and we make a million podcasts and this is just one show ending and kind of funny continuing on being weird. Uh, but like, it's always you guys too of you telling me how the podcast has gotten you through something or you I always like the ones where people have like I had to pull over because I was laughing so hard at this mm-hmm. segment or stuff like when our world gets to infect your world <laughs> when we break out of the earphones and ruin your real life that's always pretty good for me too when I break a speaker or get somebody really angry <laughs> cause a car wreck hey, you know no big deal no good. big deal at all page two yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Strapping long show. Um, Luke says, where do you see PlayStation 10 years from now? And what will the journey along the way be like? Any franchises that will still be going? What will be revived, etc.? Impossible. I, I, I think back to where it was when I got hired at IGN, when you hired me at IGN in 2007, yeah. right? Of just like, 
I PlayStation Three was tanking. You know what I mean? It come out. Like, somebody yep. recently put up the screen cap of the original PlayStation Store, the the web portal, oh, God, and it was just that like was a terrible story. Oh my God! I, I mean, I remember it, but I don't remember what it looked like. And seeing that and again, with like Super Rub Dub on there and it was shit, it was slow. Oh. And yeah. it was unresponsive. It was all day. It was open yeah. a web browser. You're like, yeah. this is terrible. What are you doing? And I didn't even open a web browser in a separate web uh, in a web browser. It would use a uh, a portal. To open the web browser, which then it had it took longer to open it. It was really bad. <laughs> it was the worst. It was really bad. Yeah. So I I don't know. Like I don't. I think it's so hard to. I mean, I wouldn't have predicted a few years ago. It was VR a few years ago? We were all saying that like this next console generation, it'll be the last. Mm-hmm. Then they'll move to a unified platform. Or something. I don't. I I think the play- consoles will still be around. Yeah. Twenty. So twenty twenty seven. I think you'll be seeing PlayStation six around that time, right? If I mean, who I, knows? That's the other thing. Is like right now it does like. Are they going to keep doing the iterating thing and like mid-step generations to oh, where like we get away? Sort of yeah, around? are we going to get away from hardcore numbers? Like, I th- I don't. I have a feeling that um, between the Pro and and um, the Scorpio, that it feels to me now like uh, game systems are kind of going the way of the cell phone a little bit, where mm-hmm. now it's the the brand, the, yeah. the Xbox brand, the PlayStation brand, and now you just have whatever the latest version is. It might still be, it might be a better version of like my iPhone. I have yeah. the iPhone Seven, but the iPhone Six is. Can basically do the same thing. Just yeah, have yeah. as much power. I think we might be moving towards mm-hmm. that. But I think, as I, as I told Colin on a previous uh, podcast we did, as long as there's a need for people to quickly and easily get into uh, a video game without having the need, without having a, a major setup in order just to sit down and play something, i.e., a computer, or they just want to be able to play something quickly with their friends that are right next to them, not far away. I think there's always going to be a need for a gaming console. Yeah. And so. I think it's a safe bet. Like you said, it's impossible, but I think it's a safe bet to assume that in 10 years we'll be looking at PlayStation 6 and whatever iteration that is. I think we'll probably be beyond physical media at that yeah. point, probably completely digital. Yeah, you think so, right? Um, yeah, by then I hope we have complete fiber networks throughout the United States. That'd be we, nice. We better, because my shit's slow. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it needs, the worst. It needs to pick up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would be the the... Thing I don't, I it's so hard to say, but I would think that the success of this generation is proof that consoles will be around for quite a while. Because mm-hmm. even if it was to go away, I think you'd have a let's say they do release a PlayStation 5 and it does markedly worse, mm-hmm. I think they'd still be like, we can do a PlayStation 6 and have it be a thing and not do that. But I, I, I'd like to think PlayStation would still be around. I think. It'll be, I think it'll be an interesting landscape of would PlayStation still be around? Would Xbox still be doing its thing? Because Xbox is the one I could, I could see going away quicker in the way of like Nintendo's too stubborn to ever stop. PlayStation is on the upswing right now. If Xbox can't get it together with Scorpio, at what point is somebody going to, uh, you know, a bean counter at Xbox going to be just like, well, why are we doing this then? Xbox is a system or Xbox is a brand? A system. The brand, I think, will definitely be around. I'm saying I could see them then branching out and just publishing games. Because one of the reasons I don't think that the brand, that PlayStation or Xbox will die 10 years from now uh, is because the brands are so powerful that they will ne- eventually transcend the idea of just consoles. Mm. And Microsoft is already trying to do that. Play, play anywhere. But they're playing anywhere. And uh, PlayStation has begun to do that with certain games being available to play on, on PC now. So I, th- I think that that's just inevitable. It's an inevitable move towards a branded uh, digital service similar to uh, what Valve has done with Steam. And I think that um, 10 years from now, that'll probably be fully realized. I don't think... I don't think Microsoft would go away. I, because you have to remember, tables can turn very, very quickly. Last generation, it was Xbox 360 in the lead for most of it, and only near the end did PlayStation 3 catch up and then slightly eat it out. Yeah. 
Uh, and this this time around, the uh, the PlayStation Four took off like crazy, and Xbox is now, even though it's far behind the PlayStation Four, it has narrowed the gap pretty pretty uh, considerably over the last year in particular. And uh, I don't think anyone would have expected the Switch to come out the way it was yeah. uh, as as strongly as it did because there was a, you know, but it was so different. And I think that that's proof that. Uh, as you alluded to, it's impossible to tell where the the systems are going, but I also think, or where the market will be. But I also think that it's proof that uh, there's now there's such a strong demand for all these different ways to play video games that the that it's a safe bet that most, if not all of them, will still be around in ten years in some form or another. Yeah, yeah, all the brands I definitely see being around, whether yeah. if they are just publishing software or whatever, and that's always been Sony's like. One of their strengths is the fact they have that first party, and that if anything yeah. did go south and you turned off the consoles, that's fine because they could they'd still have people making games that they'd be funding and getting out there. Yeah, just Uncharted on Xbox and PC and all that stuff. I mentioned earlier, Jericho wrote in with a question. Okay. Hey, Greg. Hello, Jeremy. Hello. As we move on in. To the last episode of PS I Love You XOXO, I want to ask you a few simple questions. I crossed a lot of them out, and I okay. got it down to one. <laughs> if you could change anything about PlayStation history, or if you could change anything in PlayStation history, what would it be? We can go back in time. We can undo anything that's happened in the PlayStation history. What, where do you jump to? It's so stupid. I would I would just have them launch with trophies rather than wait oh, yeah, two sure, years. Sure. Um, I think that had... I be- I know it's been a recurring theme in this particular discussion, but I really do think that if had they had those trophies ready to go at launch, that it wouldn't have been such a massacre in the early days of the the PlayStation Xbox 360 war. Interesting. I think that it was a big, a big, uh, uh, like one of the 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 factors that was that spoke to gamers in a way that no other system had done before, and it was yet another way that Xbox had the advantage over PlayStation at that time. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean. It's semi-related. I think PlayStation and uh, around the PlayStation 3 era. It's all related to the PS3 era, by the way. Of course. Around the, the PlayStation 3 era, I think that they just didn't get where their audience was going at that time. They got and cocky. They, yeah, I think cocky is a good way yeah. to put it. They, they just didn't make the right moves in terms of where the community was going, where the industry was going. And uh, resting on their laurels might be an overused phrase, but I, it feels like that's sort of what happened with the, the huge price point and... Uh, just a lot of the kind of like, well, we're giving you a better version of what we just gave you before. That should be good enough. enough. Yeah. Uh, so in a way, I'm glad that it happened, though, because it educated Sony to come out of the gate so strongly with PlayStation 4. And it really, I think, taught them that no matter how, how on top of the mountain you might be, you can get knocked off fairly quickly if yeah. you don't, if you don't uh, keep a, a line on your customer. So I guess I wouldn't actually change that, because if that hadn't happened... Then maybe the PlayStation wouldn't Four be wouldn't be where it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's actually a fun. That's an interesting butterfly effect of yeah. What would that do? Mine would be the Vita. Mm-hmm. I because th- I feel like I've said it before. You know, the Vita is a, a handheld caught between two different Sony's. It's a tale of two Sony's because mm-hmm. it is the hubris of PS3 and it is kind of getting what PlayStation 4 was going to be and it was going to be games and everything else like that. And it, it just should have been if they could have nipped it and said no touch. 
None of that crap. Nobody wants that. That's not what they want out of it. Gamers want games. You know what I mean? We, ha- we yeah. had that message for PS4. We didn't have it for Vita. And if we could have had it for that and said, cool, it's we're the money that the touchscreens would be, we're putting into second shoulder buttons, game changer. You know what yeah. I mean? Of like that. And we're coming out with real AAA games that aren't gimmicky things. And like it, you don't have to paint, you don't have to rub stuff. And not that I hated that in like Uncharted, <laughs> but there's plenty of bad games that do do that. You know what I mean? And it, you do, then we do get a whole bunch of just cell phone ports and shit like that. I would have had them double down and have that PlayStation for message start with the vita and be like we're about games this is a gamer's machine here's everything because the vita is fucking awesome yeah i love my vita i would have ditched i would have never done the 3d 3g mod, mod, model mm-hmm. that was silly and confusing i would have i mean and this is again i'm coming back in time with like papers and stuff and explaining all this yeah. i would have launched with the slim model of the vita mm-hmm. you know what i mean because i know everybody loves the oled screen but if you didn't know about the oled screen you never would have and you would have enjoyed the form factor there and if it would have been successful they would have iterated on that and the proprietary the memory stick was a big mistake oh my god right that, yeah that would have had that just been uh, you've been allowed to use anything you you already owned at a reasonable price i think that would have helped their digital business immensely and it also would have i think allowed people to take that extra step rather than having to spend an extra 80 to a hundred dollars just to be able to save the games you want to buy in the first place. I think that would have been a a really good step towards getting to uh, a deeper penetration of the market. And so I I actually agree with you. And I also think that the proof of that the gimmicks weren't needed is if you look at all these late generation Vita games, practically none of them use any of the gimmicky stuff. No one uses near, no one uses any of the back touch stuff. Yeah. And uh, like I, I, I was never a handheld gamer, and I, I the first time I got my Vita, I was like, wow, I really like this interface. It's yeah. f- great, and I it, the system felt nice, but uh, it was it was gimmick-heavy. But, you know, I, sometimes, you just, if you look at the Wii for comparison, the original Wii, yeah. sometimes you don't know how well something's going to take off until you do it. And sure. I think that that was in a time period, in that, and I know I was at Zipper when we had uh, we were in, incorporating move support into SOCOM 4. Yep. We were working on Unit 13 on uh, on Vita. And so there are all these different elements right now where there was kind of just like, let's experiment and try different things and see where it takes us. And that just happened to be one that didn't quite work out as well as I think that they had hoped. But people also forget that Vita was a, a it's, I like to quite a, call, call it a quiet success. The thing sold tens of millions of units. Yeah, it's done fine. It's done well. Yeah. It, it's just like it hasn't done juggernaut numbers. It didn't touch yeah. the PSP. It, you know what I mean? It's like, a step down from where they were, and so that yeah. is the thing of like, well, and then it's just the messaging of them bailing on it so early. Yeah, no more AAA games. Free they more, they, so they bailed on it on the first prize, but the third party, it's been a great machine for yeah. them to come and especially with those with Indies. smaller teams. Yeah. yeah, it's been it's been a great machine for that. And I also think that um, uh, if if anything, it, it's shown you that there's still a desire to have more than one handheld machine outside of the DS world. Mm. I would like to see them try one again one day. Uh, or actually anyone just try one again one day outside of Nintendo just to see what they can come up with and see what the options are. Well, that's what I mean. Why I love the Switch so much is the fact that the Switch is delivering all the promise of PSP. Or I'm sorry, of Vita. I mean, PSP to an extent too. But it is of like, hey, yeah, here's like the games. Here are console quality games that you're Mm -hmm. playing on the go and you're doing this. And so you literally go home and plug it in or unplug it and do the thing. And it's like, great, this is what I want. Thank you. I just want to, I don't, you know, I, it's big. Yep, it's no big deal. It fits in my backpack. It's how I play my games when I travel. It's great. Don't worry about it. And uh, the Vita was on that path, but they had so much touchscreen function. And not, I know there's a t- touchscreen on the Switch, but yeah. so much of like the gimmicky little deviance bullshit shoved in there that we need to make. This is what we're selling it on at launch day. It's like, what? To me, PlayStation uh, now would actually would be some a way to take the handheld market into the next 
the next generation mm. because you could take a handheld similar to Vita with the, the extra shoulder buttons, for example, and um, maybe uh, some slightly better sticks. And uh, you now use the power of PlayStation Now to have true console experiences on the go anywhere yeah. you have. And you can push your own technology that you bought Gaikai for ages ago. You can have complete access to your total PlayStation library. And you do it at an affordable price point where everything's where you can go around, truly play anywhere with actual 100% console experiences throughout the entire history of the PlayStation library. That would be something I think that could be very useful to uh, players of all ages and all over the place. And I'm really surprised that actually they haven't explored anything along those lines. I would, I would even if just as an experiment to see, here's your portable PlayStation now device. I mean, that's what I, I would love to know what's going on behind closed doors there. Cause you know, they've iterated, you know, they've done all they only, they test a million things over there. You know what I mean? And it's, it is that thing of what does PlayStation VR two look like? What are they, what are they working on right now with mm-hmm. that? And yeah, what does what would have been or is going to be one day, maybe gone to the Vita successor look like? And what is it? Is it? Yeah, fine. We're, we're doing away with any kind of physical media. It is PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Now it is this, it's super, you know, I'm, there's a lot of interesting things, but then it would just get to the fact of like, the solu- you need a solution if you're going to do the PlayStation Now thing of like, cool, you can download up to an hour of a game, which does make sense, I know. But that would be the thing of like playing on a yeah. plane or playing in a car, right? That's when I use it the most. But yeah, interesting. Uh, Jericho follows up because, again, Jericho, the guy who makes this whole <laughs> segment happen. This is very hard for fans of this show. This is very hard for us fans of the show. There was a core of diehard fans of PSI Love You XO as well as beyond, and I think we will never forget this awesome time you brought us. So, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you too, and Colin, for doing such an amazing job with the thing we all love so much. I will forever miss all things PSI Love You, the forum posts, the sometimes very smart and great questions from the fans, the funny stories from you guys, and the audience with their worst PSN names, the way you brought people together to play, talk, hang out, with each other the beautiful art thanks candy andy on shirts and posters the music that we got from the fans some of this was only made because of the show uh the incredible guests talking to you jeremy and the hashtag ps we love you xoxo movement it was a great time all 78 episodes we laughed we cried and we laughed way more often of course P.S. I love you XOXO taught me some stuff that I wouldn't have thought of before. Uh, it made me better at games, discussions about them, and overall a better person, and I truly believe that. I met a bunch of awesome people online that I would call friends if I ever saw them standing in front of me. Every era has an end. This was an unforgettable one, and, we'll always, and we will always love you for this. Thank you, and it was a pleasure to serve you, Greg, and the forum users. From beyond the pond, Berlin, Germany, Jericho. P.S. We love you XOXO. Thank you again, Jericho. Wow, for all your for all your help on these shows. That was a great goodbye time. letter. He's a good guy. He's yeah, a good guy. You know what I mean? Very well. We're very well said. That's what he does. He's, that's what yeah. he does. Uh, Jericho, I will probably need you for what comes next. So <laughs> don't go too far. <laughs> probably gonna need some help at some point. I want everything else. Um, and yeah, we'll end reader mail with that. Okay. Good. Good to do. Uh, Mr. Jeremy Dunham. Yes, sir. Would you like to meet your new best friend? Sure. This is a segment called "P.S. I Love This Best Friend." XOXO. This is where one of you writes in the kind of funny forums saying you need a best friend on the PlayStation Network. Then I read the name here. You guys go and friend that person. You play games with that person. You send them messages. Everybody's happy. This is Nathaniel. Hi, Nathaniel. 1023. Hello, Greg. Hello, Jeremy. My name is Nate, and I have always considered myself a very casual gamer. But on Christmas of 2015, my brand new bride, we got married earlier that month. Congratulations. Congratulations Surpri- to you. Thank you very much. Surprise me. Oh, yeah, I got married while the show was on, on yeah. hiatus. 
<laughs> Surprise me with an Uncharted collection and PS4 bundle. I clearly made a good choice in wife. I immediately went online to learn everything I could about my new PlayStation and eventually stumbled across a little show called PS I Love You XOXO where two super cool sounding dudes talked about ordering chicken wings for 20 minutes. I thought, these guys aren't even talking about PlayStation, but I am for some reason intrigued by what they have to say. From then on, I was hooked. PS I Love You introduced me to the world of Kind of Funny and has always been my favorite part. I've always wanted to post something for the show, like a forgotten PlayStation game or a terrible PSN name I've come across. I saw Where Art Thou Scrotum once, but that's another story. <laughs> when Colin sadly left and the show went offline, I thought I'd miss my chance and would forever be kicking myself. Seeing as this may be my last chance, I went to kindoffunny.com, just like you can, and would like to submit myself for this week's best friend and become more acquainted with the community I've grown to love. My PSN name is... Nathaniel1023. That's N A T H A N A E L 1023. I still may be a pretty casual gamer, but this show has helped bring so much entertainment and knowledge, not only to me, but to so many others. And I would very much like to call them my best friends. Sincerely, Nate, aka Nathaniel1023. P.S. We love you always and forever. Everybody. Go like him. Everyone has such nice letters today. Yeah. I'm very impressed. This is what and this is what I was talking about earlier. It's like we're not dead. <laughs> this is not nearly as big as one beyond one. Yeah. When we left beyond, this no. is just us transitioning to a spiritual the next thing you'll see. Don't worry. Kind of funny life. June 3rd. Um, there's a segment we call this week's forgotten PlayStation game, mm-hmm. a PlayStation game that didn't get enough love and people should go check out Jeremy Dunham. Yes, what's sir. your forgotten PlayStation game? Crimson C2. Okay. Uh, there was either the, it was between that and Crimson Tears, but you know I had to choose a Crimson. Of course, game. it's got to be a Crimson game. Uh, but Crimson C two was a game that came out on PlayStation two in two thousand four, ish, and uh, it was actually really good. It was a uh, one of uh, Koei's games. It was like a, a Muso but with weapons and it had okay. an alien setting. Ooh. And uh, so it was very it was really cool because you could do a lot of hacking and slashing with powerful swords and stuff. But you also had guns, and those guns uh, were really fun and inventive. And the the I wasn't yet it wasn't yet in an era where you were tired of Muso games. There was still some there was still something kind of interesting and unique about them, uh, and it just did a great job of make of combining elements that we'd seen before in games like Dynasty Warriors, and adding a really uh, much needed shooter element to it with a fantastic uh, visual setting. The graphics were great, uh, excellent soundtrack, and it was a sequel to an Xbox game. It was an Xbox exclusive game, the original, and the, the sequel is only in PlayStation Two, uh, and it was better on PlayStation Two in in every way, uh, and that that's the one I would recommend. I don't believe it's available on any of the PlayStation Now services or, or in any or other like classics that, yeah. or anything like that. But uh, if it is, uh, I, I should have done more research. But if it is, you should check it out. Really fun game. If you still have your PS2s, go find that game. It's mm-hmm. uh, a lot of fun. I gave it a low eight score. I think it was like eight, somewhere between an eight one and an eight four. It's hazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, a long time. I was going to say a long time. Thir- 13 years ago. A lot of reviews one. in between. All right. Yeah. Good pick. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Uh, time for PSN's worst name of the week. This, of course, is because Shuhei Yoshida won't let you change your PSN name. Once you get it, that's it. You're locked in for life until you get banned or something. So we ask you to write in with your sad PSN names that we read here. And sometimes you get banned afterwards. You should have thought about that before you had a really gross name. Here comes a gross name from It's a Beautiful Day. Hey, guys. <clears throat> I find that more often than not, the worst PSN stories you read out on the podcast are related to teenage angst slash edginess. I thought I would follow suit and tell you my worst PSN story. The year was 2010. Heavy Rain has just come out and I'm eager as fuck to play it after stellar reviews from IGN and GameSpot. I'm 15 and just got my first job as a waiter and I've been saving for two months so I can buy a PS3. 
I bring it home and plug the bad boy in, unaware of what about it, what is about to unfold. When the start up screen asks what I want my PSN ID to be, I chuckle to myself and type in words that now haunt me. My PSN ID was Chief Dash Justice Dash Cumguz. Oh God! Chief Justice Cumguz. I find out that the username is not changeable a few months later, and I when I am banned from the PSN because of my name. Luckily for me, it was before I cared about trophies. A few months later? Yeah. He didn't just immediately, maybe I should change this a few hours I mean, later? Why would he know? Chief Justice Cumguz, he got it. That's I mean, that's terrible. A, it's a, it's a, a moniker of pride. He's done something <laughs> with his life. He's a Chief Justice Cumguz. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Now it's a beautiful day apparently on the forum, so thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the last episode of PSI Love You XOXO. Remember... P.S. I Love You XOXO was the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. It posted every Tuesday at 9 a.m. And it was, I asked you to subscribe maybe here. I, what, I, <laughs> what was it? Do you remember it's, the third thing I used to say? I think I'm saying something earlier. Too long. P.S. I Love You. Because no, your support, I used to say that once in a while. Yeah. I'll have to look back at an episode and try to remember. Uh, it's been a blast doing the show. Jeremy, thank you for coming by. Thank you for having no, me, man. I love it's, you so much. I, I love you too, man. And I, I also wanted to say, I, I know I already said it, but... I appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, as a fan, I'm going to miss the show. Yeah. I love you like a, a brother. I love Colin like a brother. I'm sorry that uh, that uh, as a fan, I don't get to see the show anymore, but I'm excited about what you're going to do, and I'm yeah. glad that both of you guys are doing what uh, what you want to do. Yeah. That's, that's what's important. When you love what you do, it's not work. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so thank you for having me, no, and thanks, thank man. you to all the fans for uh, 10 years of keeping this podcast right. going. Yeah, the podcast beyond into the PS I Love You transition. Yeah, um, of course, like I've said a few times throughout the show, Obviously, I'm a crier. You know that. I'm not there on this one. Not because yeah. I don't love the show. Not because I don't love you. But because nothing is changing that drastically. You know, of course, we do a lot of podcasts that kind of funny. <laughs> and those are continuing to go on. And like I've been hinting at, Kind of Funny Live 3, June 3rd, we'll announce what I think I want to do with this format of this kind of uh, podcast. So this is the end of, yeah, the cycle that began on Beyond that became P.S. I Love You. But even this isn't really an ending. It'll change and mutate and we're taking the DNA and doing something different with it. But I'm super excited about what it is. I think you guys will be too. Uh, I think it'll serve you in a better fashion too. But June 3rd, we'll talk about all that. For now, thank you for everything you've given me. And P.S. I love you, XOXO. The way, I mean, Colin and I talked about it all the time. The fact that we became the number one PlayStation podcast by putting up the theme song was pretty fucking endearing. Because that was like, we were ready like for it to be a really hard fight to try to get back on. And not a fight, you know what I mean? Obviously, we yeah. love Beyond. We love everybody. But like a, a real journey to try to get back to there and have people understand. And it wasn't. You guys were right there from the bat. You accepted it. You were there. You listened. You downloaded. You subscribed. You liked. You shared. Thank you so much. I hope you'll do that with the next product. I hope you'll give us a chance to see what we're doing next. Uh, of course, like, subscribe, share it. Kind of funny. Go over there. You can kind of funny.com. You can go to that was it. It was something about kind of that was it. Number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. Tuesdays in <laughs> comes from kind of funny.com. No, that's not it. Fuck. Whatever. I'll figure it out for the next show whenever yeah. I figure that out. Um, every episode of PS I Love You XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call Singing a Shoe. Hey, this is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes to kind of funny.com slash PSM. You give me. Your YouTube link and your MP3 link. Jeremy, I can't tell you how many times people fuck this up oh, throughout I've, this show. I've heard. God. <laughs> and you give me your name and somewhere I can send people and then we, we play the song. At the end of this, if it's YouTube, we annotate to it. Everybody has a good time. They get to listen to new music. They find best friends. Like Sam Lundell, who wrote in. He says, hey, Greg. Sam Lundell here. Or maybe Lundell. I should probably say Dell. Sam Lundell here from the Edmonton Heel Kick meet and greet. 
back of the room, two single guys at adjacent tables. I remember you. Thank you for writing in, Sam. Uh, thanks for your time, he says, at the heel kick thing. It was awesome getting to chat with you. Hope you're back in Alberta soon. Below are the YouTube slash iTunes links for my first single, same song I passed you a download card for, or card for, called Everything. Released last year, Everything is a song I wrote with my brother back when I was 15, then reworked and recorded it when I was presented with the opportunity to film a music video for it. Musically, it de- musically it definitely shows more modern country vibes than I'd like it to, but mostly identifies as soft rock slash pop ballad. The song was recorded by me, my drummer, and our engineer all in one day, so I was pretty proud of it as my first project. After releasing the video, we won a grant to record my first album this coming September, so I'll get that to you and the best friends once it releases late 2017, early 2018. Even though... I'm one of the many best friends shouting at you to cancel PS I love you XOXO. If you kept the show or preferably, and then he does an, a little winky emoji, launched a spiritual successor to it. I would love for you to use this song and sing it as Shuhei. If not, hope you enjoy it yourself. Thanks for your time. You and Colin Moriarty were what got me back into gaming and kept me inspired to keep working on some upcoming projects. Regard, Sam Lundell. Now you can follow up with him at Sam, samlundell.com. That's S-A-M-L-U-N-D ell.com or on twitter at the sammy dog <laughs> t-h-e-s-a-m-m-y-d-a-w-g might want to change that twitter handle yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> ladies and gentlemen here's sam with everything until next time it's been my pleasure to serve you she's living on the corner of fifth and Place all by herself, and she can't get him off her mind. Cause he left her for someone else, but she don't need no jewelry. She's got everything she needs Her big brown eyes The way she smiles She's got everything she needs
What's up, everybody? It's me, Greg Miller, and this is Colin Moriarty. And Colin, yes, we are recording this on September twenty eighth, right, two thousand fifteen. Indeed, if everything's gone according to plan, mm. it is September twenty eighth, two thousand twenty. I think the thing we do here as a partner duo, as kind of funny, all these different things, mm. is that we're very good about looking backwards, mm. but never looking forward. Mm. And we always get to these kind of funny live things or beyond four hundred or whatever, and we talk to to the fact of like. Man, it was so great when this happened. Then wouldn't have been cool if we did something like this. We've talked, I think, something about this before. But I thought we're about to launch. P.S. I love you, XOXO. Yes, we're about to record the first episode of all time. Yes, theoretically, it's going to go well. <sighs> it's going to launch a new Possibly. series for us. Yes, theoretically, kind of funny is still all around. Right. I figured it would be interesting right now to do it here, just on what the set was in the first one. Like a time capsule, basically, right? Sure. Well, this, so this is going to... But people are going to see this now, or are people are going to see this in 2020? 2020. So this is just going to go away. I'm going to I'm gonna edit the show tonight. I'll put up PlayStation I Love You, and I will take this and set it in the back end and forget all about it. Cool. Set it and forget it kind of thing. Like Ron Popeil. Right, exactly. You think Ron Popeil still alive? Ron Popeil is now up? definitely some kind of hologram, pitching uh, things and stuff. Sure. But I just thought it'd be fun to do this. Thank cool. you, of course, for your support right now, best friends, on the initial thing in 2015. I'm sure it'll go well. Seems like we're the number one podcast without ever putting up an episode. Right. That's pretty impressive. Bodes well. Or yeah. we can really... <laughs> or we just fucking screw the pooch. Set expectations. And that's the end, and it never, ever works out. True yeah. But yeah, uh, I hope everything in 2020 is going well. I'm sure Kevin's death trying to get to Mars on his own, that wasn't good. Mars 1. Mars he called one. it Mars point five, and he tried to do it on, <laughs> he, on I'm going to get there before them. Yeah. Didn't happen. It'll be really dark when he did die in a space know, shuttle it's accident. That's unbelievable. But yeah. Colin, I love you. I love you too, It's buddy. always a pleasure working with you. You as well. Let's start the next chapter of our lives. Okay. <laughs>